Today we're continuing with our theme of Halo Week, and this time we have a bit of a double barrel episode as we cover perhaps to the, uh, I think, perhaps our favourite entries into uh, the Halo original Halo trilogy, the Bungie trilogy, I think is the best way of putting it. But uh, yeah, so we're covering Halo 2 and Halo 3, hopefully in the same episode. We may later split it up because it depends how much we've got to say about them both. But uh, Halo 2, I know for me, it was uh, pretty, pretty much perfect, and uh, Halo 3 is perhaps one of the most important game releases of all time so i think aiden do you want to, do you want to fire away with how, how you guys feel about it yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll start with halo 2 i think first and then move on to halo 3 afterwards mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah halo 2 so um again back in the days of you know uh you know xbox infancy really um you know being being a ps1 player originally i think there was only really one game that had a sequel that i was excited to and that was abe's exodus um mm-hmm. game sequels weren't really something i had kind of comprehended at this point you know um so halo 2 was kind of the first sequel that i was avidly once i heard about it was excited for its release yeah and obviously we got it in 2004 um again dad got it on opening day um and we played it together uh smashed through it um and yeah, again, it, was, it was just as combat evolved, it was just a phenomenal playthrough. Um, I enjoyed it so much. You know, the introduction of Dual Weld and, and playing as the Arbiter. Like this, mm-hmm. they basically like, they, they 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 took the recipe and just added some more spice, and 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 it was it was so well done. Um, obviously, you know, depending on your kind of opinions, I obviously the ending, especially being a young kid, was so abrupt, and mm-hmm. I, I was furious that they left it on a cliffhanger and <laughs> um, it's a cool cliffhanger don't get me wrong but obviously again playing it through with my dad and we kind of re- went through it quite quickly probably in about a week or two mm-hmm. we you know it, it was set up in my head that we were going to have another level and then it ended but um taking away that you know it was such a fun experience and obviously then the multiplayer um that came along with it was phenomenal yeah you know it, it was the first sequel to a game that i genuinely was so excited for really mm-hmm. and, and, and ben how, how how was hell of two for you i mean once again as always player two um <laughs> but i was also player two though true um no i think it's like, like, like with aiden it was like the first sort of continuation of a franchise that i was like into um mm-hmm. i've been quite a bit younger at the time i was probably unaware of it but um the game sort of melded into one i guess for me yeah um and it was just like one and two were just a long big game for me mm-hmm. um, yeah. obviously i was struggling to understand the story at that part at that point wasn't too overly into the uh the narrative um yeah. but once i got into it later i mean it was it's probably one of the most important games i'd say um for the early xbox days just for the fact it took Halo 1, which is already an amazing game, mm-hmm. and sort of sorted out all the little kinks to make it a little bit more difficult, like the pistol went to absolute fodder. It did, um, unfortunately. But it all, all sort of made the game feel a bit more complete and perfect. Yeah. Introduced the introduction of things like the battle rifle and the, um, the brutes and the brute launcher, all those mm-hmm. sort of little details that 
um, came along with this, the sequel, just just elevate the game to a different level. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, for, for me, uh, Halo Two was 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 I think perhaps the, the the Halo game aside from Reach and uh, Halo Three. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think actually, but um, in terms of what I've played on my original Xbox, I mean, I was playing it the other day on still on the original Xbox, as I said with the Halo Combat Evolved episode. I was playing Halo Two, so I still have the original disc of it. And uh, I remember going uh, <laughs> going into game uh, in Cheltenham, where I was originally from, with my mom, and uh, she bought me the the Steelbook version. Oh, of, really? Yeah, the, the Halo Two Steelbook, which I found in my basement uh, not too long ago, but it was it's very rusted now, and I was absolutely heartbroken because it's a beautiful beautiful Steelbook. Uh, it has it has sort of like the the, the Halo um, Halo Two symbols, so it's like a Halo ring with the two in the middle, and it's it's beautifully done, but. Um, yeah, Halo Two was perhaps the game for me that I've uh, played the most on my original Xbox. Definitely, far I played far more Halo Two than I played of uh, Halo CE. But I still you know, love CE. But Halo Two was probably the one you know the campaign. I've played it so many times. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Arbiter fan, and uh, so for me it was it was it was great. Like like you said, they, they did take the campaign and just double everything. Really, you know, you get double the protagonist, double the guns, a double double the story. Really, I mean, as as we, I mentioned in the Halo CE podcast is that they never really intend or Bungie never intended for, for there to be a sequel to combat evolved but the you know it sold like five million copies or something so they're kind of <laughs> actually the top two best-selling games on the original xbox was halo 2 with 80.4 80. million mm-hmm. and then halo combat evolved with five million so and there's nothing that comes close to that after that you know so they, they were like the staple for xbox I mean, that, that is a huge difference, though. Five million with Halo C to eighty million with Halo Two, like no, that's, eight, sorry, eight. oh, sorry, eight, eight. Sorry, <laughs> was it eight, eighty million? Sounds quite yeah, a lot. Still, Three million difference shows again. Oh how yeah, hyped up and uh, you know wanted this game was. I mean, I think a lot of that was driven by because the game was basically bundled as the sort of uh, poster boy of uh, for the you know. <laughs> iconic xbox live experience you know that that uh i don't know if you guys remember the, the have you seen the original like, xbox live adverts where they've got like the headset on so it's all extremely 90s i, I don't know if you've have you seen them I like uh, I, 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 it's definitely worth watching because um the whole advent of online uh competitive gaming you know through consoles was sort of founded with with xbox live that you could actually yeah. con- connect to other players and and play against them and, and halo 2 with, with its fantastic multiplayer was like the core of that and so it evidently shows i mean of course people wanted more of the story but i think a lot of its success came from that multiplayer focus and that whole new wave that it was sort of pushing yeah 100 percent. i mean i will admit our dad brought xbox live with halo 2 mm. but he never actually set it up for, oh. for years i think i found it a year or two later, kind of just under the bed with the the headset, the, the, mm-hmm. the you know the activation code. Um, I don't know if, actually if it worked, if I remember. But obviously, the following year, Xbox 360 came out, so um, I think that was my first live experience. So I must say, I never played Halo 2 online multiplayer until the remaster. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'd definitely be the same. Like, I, I think even back in those days, I think, uh, well, especially back in those days, the, the, the Xbox Live and sort of online gaming aside from through a pc was a bit less accessible because you still had you know basic dial-up connections even you know, back oh. in 2000 and 
2004 2005 i think it was yeah um so you know it, it was it's sorry 2003 i think halo 2 came out um no it was 2004 it was 2004? Right. Oh, right. i was right the first time um but uh yeah yeah so so it's, it still needed probably a lot in nowadays it's, it's everyone has a wireless internet connection but back then it was you know it was all wired and all that so it's a bit more of a hassle to, to sort of get online with but yeah i mean halo 2 story-wise uh, how, how do you guys feel about i guess the campaign we can move to more of the discussion of the multiplayer after i mean like i said it was an amazing experience um don't get me wrong just because that ending is that ending didn't mm. take away from it you know it the stakes are higher you're introducing new um allies new uh you know protagonists so um yeah it it, it bumped up everything i mean i think halo combat evolved holds a special place in my heart but mm-hmm. it, there's nothing wrong with two like it's if someone just gave me a random halo game from the original trilogy i'd be happy to sit down and play it regardless campaign or multiplayer um but yeah like you know the, the, i think they again with the, the set design and the level design they just went they took what they had from halo one which was you know again when we spoke about it back then was really you know beautifully done mm-hmm. and then it just went and looked completely different and like so even better and you know three years you know again the graphics were just so much more improved by then it was yeah yeah and i think perhaps one of the more interesting points uh, as you said is is this campaign uh, compared to halo halo one is this the the level diversity is insane in terms of the mission design like what you're doing who you're doing it with there's there's so much variety in halo 2 you know like you you go from from a, a unsc space station at the beginning to you're fighting on this sort of mining uh facility a covenant mining facility then you transition into like the forerunner library it, it you get such a fantastic oh sorry i forgot about my favorite level new mombasa so you get like a human city so you actually get to play in sort of an urban environment which is a really really great one of my favorite missions in in the franchise but um yeah i i think it's 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 really really done extremely well the level diversity and, and they have improved the mission design as well because it, it is i would say much more linear than halo ce as we were saying in the last episode that you know, you kind of just get dropped onto Halo and you have a warthog and you kind of figure it out. Well, in, in, in Halo 2, it's a bit more like, here's the corridor, you shoot everyone down that corridor, then move on sort of thing. Yeah, and I mean, the again, this shows when it's done right, it can work. Obviously, you know, the, the game's 50-50. You, you master chief for 50% of it and then mm-hmm. you're the arbiter 50%. And no one had any issues with that. But if you move on to like Halo 5... People were so pissed that you were playing essentially <laughs> as lost for most of the campaign. Yeah. And, and I was the same. I was like, I'm not here to play this character. It doesn't work for me. You know, yeah. if you took because the Arbiter in Halo Five, I'd have been all for it mm-hmm. because it was you. It was crafted so well. You you know, you were given a proper backstory to why you were playing as the Arbiter. Again, you cared about the character. And again, mm. that I think you know, even though they split Chief and Arbiter's campaigns, you know, throughout the game. It didn't bother me. It was awesome. It was great playing as the opposition for for the first time. You know, I mean, I remember that that mission. You know, the Arbiter. Um, you know, you you kind of just there like, okay, we're watching the Covenant. Cool. And yeah. you, you, you literally the level loads, and you're like, wait, what? I'm, I've got an energy sword and a plasma rifle as my starting things. I can turn invisible. Yeah. I'm the one thing that I wanted to be in the last one, and it, yeah, it, was, it was phenomenal. Especially again as a kid, like that, mm. that's just everything really. Yeah, I think um, the introduction to the Arbiter and the sort of humanization of the, the Covenant is probably the biggest thing for me. Mm. <laughs> like, 
in the episode uh, in the uh, level, the Arbiter, where he's with his ship captain, and they're sort of they have just having a conversation, but it sort of gives you a perspective um, that you can't quite see in the uh, in CE because elites are just they're they're, they're they're the monsters, they're the they're the things that need to die. Yeah. And now you hear them talking, you're strategizing, and it seems like it's gives you a whole different perspective on on the I guess the war in general. And kind of jumping on that, they also this time they give story to the brutes who are the new villains of the mm. of the game. Mm. They again just fodder. They're not just, you know, point and shoot. You actually get backstory behind them. You get, you know, the main villain Tartarus is kind of built up as the, you know, the, the big bad boss for the end of the level uh, and the end of the game. So again, you've got more investment in the villains that you're actually trying to take down as well. No, I, th- I think one of the highlights of, of Halo 2 is, is, is definitely how it expands, not just on the narrative and the, the, the wider world building, but as you mentioned, on, on the Covenant itself, because Halo C it maybe explains a bit more about the Forerunners and the Halo array than it does about the people you're actually fighting. So, because the Covenant are just sort of presented as your enemies, and as Ben said, you know, they're, they're there to kill. But Halo 2 sort of gives you that insider look, so it sort of opens with, um, and I must say that in the Anniversary Edition, which ben, oh. and I, which ben and I played recently, the cutscenes are fantastic. They're like absolutely movie. superb. Yeah, movie level, good. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I think I don't know if it, it must be the same kind of, but Halo Wars as well had the most pristine cutscenes I've ever seen back when it first came out, but it still still holds up. They look fantastic. And the Arbiter from Halo Wars, uh, different, different character entirely, but wears the same mantle, basically. Yeah. Uh, w- looks so brilliant in that. But besides the point is that um, yeah, you, you are right. They, 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 I'm going to go on a bit, bit of a lore ex- exposition. So hold, hold on, hold, hold on, uh, hold on tight. But uh, the covenant basically gets expanded upon. So you have, um, as I said, the, the game opens with uh, the well, the, the two become arbiter called Felvadami, who is effectively the ship, uh, the fleet commander over of the Covenant force, which was responsible for defending the initial first Halo array. Which, as we know from the end of Halo Combat Evolved. Master Chief uh, completely obliterated and, and uh, destroyed, well, he destroyed a large section of the ring uh, by overloading uh, the Pillar of Autumn's uh, main reactor in, in the final mission of the game, the Moor. So he's effectively held responsible by the Covenant leadership, who gets revealed as being uh, three prophets. So the prophet of truth, the prophet of regret, and the prophet of mercy. And uh, they are effectively sort of political and, and uh, spiritual leaders of the Covenant. It's their duty as the prophets to... To, to read the path of the great maker and lead the covenant uh, down the great, you know, the road to the great journey, uh, which of course, as, as the games go on, gets revealed to be a, a complete sort of sham, but uh, you have this whole sort of insight into the pseudo religious um, sort of organization, the hierarchy of the covenant, as, uh, as Ben mentioned, you know, you have the brutes getting introduced as this new faction of uh, the covenant and they sort of take up the spot of the elites that they become them. You know, you have, packs of grunts and jackals within a brute instead of an elite now as as you're playing yeah. as an elite they they sort of recognize that you, as you're the arbiter you feel some connection to the elite so you don't want to be just killing them all the time so uh yeah and so the brutes this it makes very clear from the get-go that, that tartarus is is looking to sort of supplant uh the pre-existing uh sanghili sorry um as the elites are actually known within the covenant language uh so sort of supplant them uh as the main sort of military force within the covenant and basically, the Covenant, uh, the 
prophets of, of, of truth, regret, and mercy, they take on this, uh, you know, this, this case of this um, failed ship, ship commander, Phil Vadami, and effectively declare him to be, you know, rather than killing him straight up, they recognize his skill and his talent, so they declare him to be the next arbiter, which is basically like a, 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 an executioner of uh, the prophets of, of, of the covenant. So it's his job to go on suicide missions and basically you know, finish off the, uh, the heretics as they are known. And that's exactly what the first mission, you know, the Arbiter has you do, is that you are deployed onto a, um, a sort of gas refinery, a, a sort of foreign gas refinery on a planet and sent to, to kill some heretics. But I mean, I'm sort of jump, jumping the gun in terms of the way the narrative starts. I don't know if you want to elaborate on no, that. No, no, cool. you're right. The Arbiter and the Oracle level covers that section of the story. And also just to shout out that it's Keith David who voices the Arbiter. Oh, and just... for people who aren't aware of that or, you know, recognize the name, he's the president in Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. He's also one of the sergeants in Modern Warfare 2. He's also quite an accomplished actor, not just as a voice actor, but as yeah, a character actor himself. So. As soon as I hear that, they're the three things I instantly go for. Phenomenal no. act, a voice actor. Absolutely. But um, yeah, so, so I, I will continue with a bit of narrative splurge, but effectively yeah. this, the, the Halo 2 opens with Master Chief on Earth, well, on a, a Cairo station above Earth being you know, rewarded for his, his valor uh, in Halo CE. At which point uh, the Covenant actually attack Earth, and it's up to you to uh, to defend the space station. And in one of has one of the coolest, uh, like you know, we've talked about sort of finishing this. You know, what are you doing, Chief? Finishing this fight, and there's so many great one-liners. And yeah, I mean, basically the Covenant put a bomb on this this, this space station, and uh, it's up to you to to give the Covenant back their bomb, basically. And it's it's such an awesome cutscene in the original game, and it's even better in the anniversary oh. edition. It's it's just one of the coolest coolest things because basically Chief just takes this bomb, opens the airlock, and launches himself and the bomb straight off the uh, you know straight off the this this, this um, planetary defense uh, station, and he's just seen falling towards Earth through gravity, literally right in the middle of a naval sort of. Um, space navy battle so like the ship's exploding you go straight through the inside of a covenant cruiser at one point and you come out the other side in another explosion and you just keep falling and then eventually you drop it inside another ship and then you kick yourself off and and uh it detonates and it's just this such a badass sequence such a badass sequence. Also, that whole first level kind of going into the second level mm-hmm. harks back you come out of old you start yeah. on the space and then you end up landing on a planet obviously this time it's earth but um mm-hmm. such as such a one good one-liner um and also if you didn't think master chief was badass in the first place they set up straight away in halo 2 that this guy is an unstoppable force and you are controlling him and um, i think it's worth noting sorry i did, for, for, did forget if you could if you look at the image to the top left and also the helmet behind me is you can actually see from between uh, Halo 1 and 2, or Halo C Combat Evolved and Halo 2, is that Chief went over a bit of a redesign. So as they had more graphical fidelity, they sort of softened up a bit of his edges and gave him a bit more detail. So you can see his helmet's a bit more... This is this is the Mark VI Mjolnir armor, which he has for Halo 2, Halo 3, and Halo 4. So perhaps his most iconic look. And the Halo 5 one... Um, sorry, the Halo Combat Evolved one is the Mark V. So it's a bit more blocky, a bit more angular. But this one's it has a bit more slightly rounded edges, a bit smoother in the, the visor and stuff. And I really, really love this sort of redesign. And again, 
the cutscenes for the remaster, his armor looks insane. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Like I know we keep talking about it, but they went hard with the remaster cutscenes. Like that, and again, like we, we discussed the um graphics difference between CE's original and, and uh remaster. Yeah. Well they did it with two and it looks even better because obviously it's Xbox One exclusive, not Xbox three sixty ported. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks so good. Like it, that that game is so good. Like I, I will play the remaster just because of how crisp it looks now. No, definitely. I mean, I, I re, as I said, I replayed it recently with Ben, and uh, I, I was still blown away by by how how goddamn good it looked. And yeah, as you said, especially sure. the, I, I feel like they've made Chief look way way bigger in the cutscenes yeah. now. Like he's 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 huge, but now it, like it, compared to the way he looked in Halo C, like he towers above like uh, Lord Hood in the, in the first cutscene. But yeah, I, I mean, any any particular highlights you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, the name's escaping me, but the mission where Chief and Arbiter come together after they've been with the Grave Mind. Leave that's uh, is that uprising. Uprising, I think it is. I think that's one yeah. one of the final missions in the game. Yeah, yeah. that's into the, fi- the the final third. So yeah, that, that whole acts probably up until Tartarus. Yeah, probably my it's like when you you go through the canyon. Uh, I believe you're in Banshees. Um, Potentially, that's in the Great Journey, the last one. Yeah, the, the last, yeah, the last, yeah. The, last um, the, the third act, I guess. All of that for me is uh, probably the highlights. Um, although I do like the the very urban missions, and mm-hmm. um, like Atska and um, the Metro- Metropolis. Metropolis. I, I believe, well, in the in, in the original, um, the original release, and so not not the the anniversary edition. Uh, our upright is it. What did you say? Outskirts and Metropolis. Those are combined into one mission, which is just New yeah. Mombasa, and that is, yeah. as I said, one of my favorite missions. Like I can remember the layout of it, the exact way all the mission goes uh, from, from you know, literally just in, in my mind. And we get the introduction of the Scarab and all that, which is fantastic. Yeah, that, that, we need to talk about that. Like again, as a kid, seeing that for the first time and working out how to like defuse it and stuff was was so hard. Like mm. you know. How you know, you know. Well, again, they they design it differently to, into Halo Three, but in the in Halo Two, you know, you have to go in, you have to work your way into the middle, work your way into like the the base of the actual scarab, yeah, and and blow up the controls. Whereas on Three, you just can get to the back of it, and it's there on the middle platform. But again, that whole that whole part of the level, you know, jumping off a bridge onto the scarab, having to like bladder your way through the elites and stuff, yeah, and then. T- whole room full of elites i mean you know you, you've given the guns for it i think you know you get a rocket launch or you can choose you know some high-end high artillery guns to, to make you you know your assault but it still doesn't take away from the fact that that part of the game is so good i think it's a, such a fantastic mission because all throughout it so even from from the opening cutscene, you're landing on on earth in new mombasa this city because that's where the government ship is that, that they're up to something on earth basically and um you know, you're in these pelicans, and then instantly, around this corner comes this enormous scarab, just huge, huge walking tank thing, and immediately takes out two of the pelicans. And then yours crashes, and it's sort of just this, throughout the mission as you go along, you're sort of making your way through this this you know broken and burned city. This this scarab's almost always in the background, and like at mm-hmm. bits where like you 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 clear out all this covenant, and then suddenly the scarab comes along, just 
annihilates a tank and all that sort of thing and it's it's like you sort of go progress through the mission with the scarab almost but um, yeah, 100%. i mean i i would agree with you guys as i've said new ambassadors easily one of my my favorite because i'm, I'm also a big um a really big i really enjoyed halo 3 odst which i, I don't know if we're going to fully discuss but uh we'll probably do that when we cover four five and eventually six yeah and we'll do another halo week probably you know for season two there's definitely enough to cover for it but halo 3 odst yeah. takes place uh roughly at the same time so the invasion of new mombasa and uh you get to see a whole different side of the city and Halo 3 ODST is a very, very different game than, than a lot of the other uh, Halo games. It's far more... Um, Beautiful. It's, it's, it's probably be- the best place. Yeah. It's very atmospheric. Very, extremely atmospheric. The, the, again, just another masterpiece by Michael Salvatore and uh, Martin O'Donnell. I mean, they, they went ham on every single game. And the, the Halo 3 ODST soundtrack is far more... A, a bit like Reach. It's very somber. So it's very jazzy, isn't it? Yeah, it's got a lot of... like saxophone uh parts and just it it's you know you, it's one of those soundtracks that you get like three hour edits on youtube that say like you know halo the odst uh jazzy music for a late night sort of thing and yeah uh, that's not the topic of discussion but i think that a lot of that has to do with you don't feel as powerful in in odst no no you've got your guns a lot smaller although i do love that gun the name escapes me I believe it's just the SMG, as you can probably see in the photo to our left. It's the SMG, but with like recon attached. So it has a silencer, a different scope, and that kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's like your standard gun. Yeah, it's like mm. your, your assault rifle or battle rifle you get in yeah. three. Uh, I think that, that plays a large part of it, but it's a fantastic game. Kind of going back to New Mombasa, again, the bit where you've got the tank, where you get the tank delivered to you, and you literally just storm the bridge. It's only a very short sequence, but you literally just smashing out ghosts banshees wraiths like just literally tanking through it all it's, it's another incredible set piece um they again they knew what people loved from halo ce and just took it back on an ego do it again but even more absolutely and, and they did a fantastic job with with sort of framing uh the campaign around more of these set pieces as you mentioned is that, that each mission sort of has like a big highlight cutscene, and they definitely work that into the narrative really well like uh I, I can still remember it in my mind, like the exact cutscene where you see the, see the scarab making its way across the bridge, and the marines like it just smashed right through us. The guns did nothing, and then Sergeant Johnson shows up in the back of the Pelican, and he like loads the the chain chain gun, and uh, he drops the tank off for you. It's just hugely you know iconic for me and etched into my memory. But um, yeah, I, I wonder what ladies like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, um, we know we touched it on the CE episode, but I'm so glad they brought back Johnson and kind of um, retconned the legendary ending where he basically dies. Yeah. Um, and they back. Yeah, he, you know, he's a staple for Halo Two and Three. No, he's 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 one of the. I think there's 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 very few supporting characters really in the Halo franchise. That primarily is just the Chief and Cortana. And then there is, uh, well, there's there's Miranda in Halo 3 and there's also, as as we mentioned, the Sergeant Johnson and, well, 343 Guilty Spark, I suppose is a supporting character. But um, regardless of how you feel about him, he is uh, in the background. But um, no, Sergeant Johnson actually being in the game makes it sort of just, it, it's just an iconic part of the Halo experience, really. It's just having him yell about uh, buggers and stuff like that, you know, like the... the the drones and the grunts, all that sort of thing. I, I love it. The, the bravado is so so brilliant. 
any other levels or moments that kind of stand out for you? And, you know, we've kind of waffled about New Mombasa, but it's one of the, you know, even though it's so early on, it's such a highlight for the game. I mean, I, mean, I, I think, uh, well, about New Mombasa, as you mentioned, because it does end with, as you said, with you jumping on to a scarab off this bridge and clearing all the scarab and all that. But I just remember like how when you actually kill it, the cutscene that plays and she sort of like slides off uh, the, the top of the scarab and the whole thing just sort of collapses behind him. It's so awesome. Just another bit of how you, how we've said that they really make it clear that Chief is a badass in this. And uh, yeah, and I, I will say, because uh, I, I did mention slightly that they go crazy on the soundtrack here again. Like they have, um, if for Halo 2, they had uh, they, the, the original Halo theme, but the Mjolnir mix, which is this yeah. far more rocky version. It has this, like, it has instead of strings, it has like a, an electric guitar doing the iconic sort of opening notes of, of the Halo th- soundtrack, and it's 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 a bit more like high energy. A bit, this is a bit of a more rock and roll game, you know what I mean? Well, Breaking I was going to say we need to talk about "Blow Me Away" by Breaking Benjamin. I was going to lead into that. Yeah, uh, I think it was a trailer. Wasn't it? Was it? I don't know. No, no, it, it plays. It plays um, in when you in high charity. So that when you when the chief first right. gets teleported into high charity, the mission, the beginning of the mission, it plays then. Okay, that's right. I did. I I I thought it did. Um, but I yeah. I brought the soundtrack, like we said in CE. I I mm-hmm. brought the um soundtrack for that song. But also, there's another song. Um, you know, again by the composers that was incredible. I played it to you on the uh, chief speaker actually. That's behind you. Uh, Impend. Yes. That, that, yeah. That, so daunting and makes you feel like an absolute boss like um it plays actually i think it plays it plays once or twice but the time that i remember the most is uh it's on the great journey the final level yes um as you get your hunt you so you're back as the arbiter and you get hunters as your allies and then it, it plays as you start going through the corridors taking down all these brutes and it is just again it just really sets the scene for it and also hunters as allies was like another like dream come true yeah. I mean, they they are one of the, the most awesome, as we mentioned from from Halo Halo Combat Evolved episodes. Hunters are two, some of the most I- iconic uh, you know enemies you fight, and so having them, as you mentioned, having them as your allies is is just awesome, right? Like it does make you feel as as part of that sort of uh, you know that that, that it, it just feels epic, man. You know, <laughs> I think it's the best way of putting it. Is 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 it's just fantastic, but. You are right. I think I believe it's it's it's, it's Incubus, right? That does some of the, the music for 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 Halo Two. Because I remember you, you mentioning that that to me. No, Breaking Benjamin did blow me away, but I, I'm not too sure about Incubus. You could be right. Uh, they they did, yeah, yeah, they did. They, they, I I knew it was so Incubus. Uh, they did uh, all the acts of the Odyssey. So throughout it, you have like the first uh, movement of the Odyssey, then you have the second, you have up to four four movements of the Odyssey, which is sort of these like atmospheric sort of like background tracks, which aren't like less, less about a specific um, uh, mission, but just so fantastic. And yeah, yeah, it is actually Incubus that, that do it. I'm pretty sure they did an album. Um, let me just check. Um, yeah, Morning View. When, when did that come out? Okay, 2001, maybe not. Mm. But basically they... they their album Morning View is very, you know, ambient and atmospheric. Um, yeah. so perhaps they were poached for it. Um, for people who aren't aware of Incubus, I think the you know the most popular ones probably Drive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go and check them out. They're great. But um, I, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Um, but kind of you know, 
we know we spoke about the campaigns, but we need to talk about dual well. You know, the, the first time, it, you know, again, well, than one gun, two guns, and l- let's get it out of the way. But the OP as anything needler combo. Oh my god! Unleashed a storm of needler bullets, and it would blow everything up in its path. Was uh, incredible. It's the easiest way to take a brute out. Two two seconds, just firing both needlers. Whole mag gun is just done. Yeah, it, it's it's disgusting how broken, especially in in, in multiplayer as well. Like, because yeah. the, the I th- I believe they they t- toned down the needler uh, for later games. I feel like it was less effective in Halo Three. Like, it took more needles to to explode, and they uh, re- took off the wild for didn't they? Yeah, and and they they removed it entirely in Halo Reach in favor of, for the needle rifle. Um, yeah. But it was it was clearly clear from Halo Two they went a bit too far with the needler that it just wasn't. I mean, this was before you know when Halo Two came out, the multiplayer. This was before where you could do like patches of games. There was no sort of like seasonal stuff that they, they couldn't like live update the game to to patch anything. They weren't trying to balance the game, right? So the game just released, and people on Xbox Live just had to deal with dueled <laughs> dueled needlers. And of course, you know, first was was that was that was your answer. Yeah, it, it, all, it feels like it culminated into three being the perfectly balanced game as it is mm-hmm. because they're introduced a lot more um weaponry like you say the needler so overpowered so for three <laughs> or dual world and a little bit less powerful and it feels about right i mean it was a bit yeah. upsetting to pick it up at first mm-hmm. but it felt necessary yeah i mean i mean they, they added a, a quite a good quite a few iconic weapons in Halo 2 as well. Is it, we've, we've mentioned um, they changed the pistol, as you did, Ben. They changed it from the sort of really broken magnum that it was in, in Halo 1 to more of this sort of like black stealth pistol kind of thing, which is, as I, as I mentioned in the CE episode, just, just a pea shooter, really. A completely completely invalid as a, as a weapon type. But they, they added um, the battle rifle, which is, as far as I'm aware, uh, was the key to, to, to most legendary like sort of yeah, it's the pistol and battle rifle combo. So you'd use your um, overcharged plasma pistol burst yeah. and then them off with the battle rifle. I can confirm that that was the smartest way forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I dropped drop most guns for a battle rifle and then you pray for it. Yeah. It's the only way you got effective against the flood too well. But That's true. That, perfect. It's, it's That's a... why it's not your best friend again. Yeah, because they, they basically, you don't, I, I don't know, it, it's fully removed from the game, I think, that they removed the assault rifle in favor of the SMG. Yes. So, yeah. so, you know, it's just, as I mentioned in, in the Halo C episode, is that the assault rifle in Halo 1 was really good, but in, in, in its place in Halo 2, you get the, the SMG, which is, again, like, it has a lot of ridiculous, especially on a controller, I've forgotten how bad it was, but it, it has ridiculous recoil and kick to oh, it. Oh, yeah, you're like moving up the screen as you're, Especially if, if you do wield it, because one of the sacrifices of dual wielding is that you get more recoil and less control over the weapon. But with dual SMGs, I mean, it would shred dual wield, but one by itself was pretty much useless. But um, two, two was actually a legitimate threat. Like you could, you could easily, uh, you know, half a mag someone just by firing both of them. I mean, if if you take away the needle of dual wield, I think my favorite dual wield was the plasma rifles. That I mean. Like I- I used to just single shot them, you know, like click a trigger on each, like alternate triggers because it would literally again just waste people with no time really. 
It's funny because I was I was I was rec- recognizing I probably didn't mention in the Halo C episode, but it's really funny the way the um the AI like the, the elites use the the battle rifle like the, sorry the plasma rifle, as you can see yeah. in the background of the shot there was, as we had in the last episode is they, they they sort of like as you said they sort of like finger tap it like they they single shot it even though if you pick up the bat the the plasma rifle you can just hold the trigger down and it fires like full auto but they just don't use that against you which is which is weird, but um, I think they, they are much more effective in, in, in Halo 2. I mean, yeah. it, was a, it wasn't my go-to, so um, I'm a bit ignorant on this, but when what, when's it introduced where they overload? That's so from Halo, Halo 1, yeah. Was it from yeah. 1? I, yeah. I, I rarely ever used the uh, plasma rifle, if I'm honest. Yeah, if you, mm. if you went auto on a plasma rifle, it would, uh, it would steam, and, and I think in the second one, they added to the point where like, the cartridges like, like, popped out yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah it looks awesome like you get like the fins and the heat the heat like the plasma yeah. heat coming off but that that was one of the trade-offs right is that um if you if you had um the covenant weaponry is that they have a sort of set charge but so you, the minute you could fire them as much as you like like not like human weaponries where you had like a, a magazine or you'd have a certain amount of ammo uh you could fire a plasma rifle for you know could just hold the button down until it ran out of charge but as you mentioned it would overheat so you'd sort of have to like balance it around the overheating yeah and I, I think it was in halo 2 that they also added the covenant carbine as well fantastic gun absolutely brilliant well, one of my favorite one of my personal well, favorites it's your go-to gun for the final level which uh mm-hmm. we can talk um the great journey so it's a pretty good level in itself obviously it all builds up to your um fight with tartarus on a on a on some is it on the control for the the halo ring uh, yeah, so it's the control room is that he possesses yeah. the index, which he got from the light. I, I feel it would jump jumped ahead quite a bit there in terms of narrative progression. But uh, no, we can jump back if you want. Yeah, it was just, just how we actually end up to the point where we have another Halo. So I mentioned in, in the Halo C episode about Delta Halo, and I was wrong that Delta Halo is actually this Halo. So basically what happens is at the end of New Mombasa is that the um, a, 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 a Covenant flagship is basically which was investigating New Mombasa uh, for, for what turns out to be a sort of form on a relic with uh, coordinates to another ring. Um, as, as it gets elaborated more in Halo 3, uh, the, the human the sort of uh, Earth and uh, the Forerunners have quite a lot of connections. But basically, uh, the Forward Unto Dawn, um, which is sort of this tiny UNSC frigate, like a fraction of the size of the, the Pillar of Autumn, which is commanded by Miranda Keyes. So, so the... Uh, the daughter of Captain Keys from the first one, uh, sort of from Halo CE. Uh, basically, at the end of at the end of the level, you you sort of follow in this in the slip space stream of this uh, ship. So it basically enters slip space in the atmosphere of Earth, which uh, <laughs> is very very dangerous <laughs> within 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 the law of, of Halo. The universe is basically just you're ripping a hole through reality into you know another. Um, plane of existence and that sort of releases a ton of energy so you basically have to quickly follow in its uh in its wake in order to travel alongside it because y- your ship at the forward to dawn is this tiny little thing compared to this enormous covenant flagship and so you basically follow them through that and on the other side of the portal is lo and behold halo 2 delta halo and so that's how you um end up basically you know you, you sort of have to repeat the same sort of action of because uh, at this point you're well aware that, that, that a halo ring is a weapon of mass destruction, not a uh, just some random orbital station with, you know, planetary lining. It's 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 quite literally a galaxy-ending threat. So that's you know, 
basically what uh, the great journey is, 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 as I mentioned in Heresy, is the Covenant are trying to activate the rings because they believe that it's <laughs> what, what, what their religious right is to do, that that's, that's the journey they must take. But uh, that is, all, of course, all a sham. But um, yeah, I don't know if you guys want to fill in any other, other blanks from that point. I think that goes well into it. Um, I think, yeah, because then you obviously, that's, you find this happens post the Arbiter level or is that, no, it's like on, on the same time, isn't it? So you have, um, you have Cairo Station, then New Mombasa, then it's the Arbiter, the two Arbiter then levels, Oracle. then Oracle, yeah. then it's then Delta, uh, then Delta Halo. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, Again, as a kid, I kind of got a bit lost in translation after after Delta Halo. It's just, it's a lot of chief, you know, you're back as chief, um, and I think you know the quickest way that I remember is that you go from landing on Delta Halo to finding one of the prophets, which is regret. Is it? It's regret. Yeah, the prophet of regret. Who you <laughs> manhandled? Right <laughs> and beat him down, which is you know awesome. And then I think, uh, yeah, then it kind of moves into a uh, grave mind if you uh, want to drop some lore bombs on us. Right. So, yes, um, as Halo 2 expanded upon the lore of the universe, it also expanded upon the lore of the flood. As again, that there's on this Halo, there's another uh, flood outbreak, which is, uh, occurs at the library. And um, effectively, uh, at the ending of the level of regret, uh, Chief basically, he's, he's this really, really awesome sequence, which I, I played through recently, I still love, is you're on this sort of, you go between these sort of forerunner gondolas, is I think is the best way of saying it. And then they sort of like travel on these, you know, hard light sort of lines. And you're going between these pillars in this massive sort of lake. And it's super beautiful setting. But um, you basically, you see him sort of running as this covenant ship sort of glasses. Uh, so so glassing is, is basically that the covenant ships will have these at the base of them. They have this enormous plasma cannon. And so basically what they do is they fire this glass, it's called glassing because that sort of in, in universe at least, because uh, it's so, so, so superheated, it turns whatever it touches into just you know, glass effectively, it melts everything down. And you see him sort of running from this enormous, enormous beam as it wipes out uh, all these forerunner structures. And so he lands in the water and then you see this creepy little tentacle come up and sort of drag him down. And then a very similar thing happens to, to the Arbiter. And they basically uh, both awaken, uh, basically, to be confronted with this enormous mouth talking to them, which is in fact a grave mind. So that the flood progression um, is effectively like a, a scaling of intelligence and development. So you have like the initial spores, which then become like the sort of polyps, uh, which spread and contaminate the host, and uh, very similar to, to as we've mentioned in the Warhammer 40k, very similar to like tyranids and uh, xenomorphs from Alien. Is that depending on what they attach to or what they, they parasite, you know, parasitically attach to, they, they get different characteristics. So you have, particularly in Halo, Halo 2, they, they differentiate, like you have flood brutes, you have flood elites, then they, they have different character models and you have flood humans as well, which really freaked me out. Like they look- Flood brutes so difficult, I hated them yeah, as well. Yeah, they, they look really, really creepy, the flood in, in, in Halo 2 and definitely in Halo 3, because they're, they're, they're much more developed than like, have like all these sort of subcategories. But basically, the grave mind, or it, it's sort of like a, a, a hive mind, effectively. That because um, when in Hello CE, when Captain, you eventually find Captain Keys in the library, uh, he's a, what is known as a proto grave mind. So it's like there's enough flood biomatter to sort of condense into a sort of grave mind, and the, 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 there's enough biomass to sort of make a, a somewhat sentient 
in, in intelligence center basically so the grave mind on halo and delta halo is what basically i think the best way of putting it it is the flood because it's it's the leader of the flood basically and uh yeah and uh he he has control of the the, the systems of the halo because he's sort of in, in, you know, a parasite within it and that's what he does is, is he splits up chief and the arbiter because he he effectively bargains with them saying that they uh at this point i think it's worth mentioning that the arbiter is very you know after the arbiter mission and the oracle he becomes aware of the real purpose of the halo rings is that he's disillusioned mm -hmm. he realizes the heretic he just killed was actually correct that the, the covenant is a sort of a suicide cult basically an enormous suicide cult and he recognizes that the prophets have been you know they've betrayed all, all the, the members of the covenant and so he's sort of a free agent at this point and uh, he does find some supporters but effectively the grave mind bargains with him saying that you know you can't let tartarus activate the ring because i don't want to die you don't want to die it's sort of the enemy of my enemy is my best friend sort of thing so yeah that's how you end up sort of split up and that's where the sort of final mission the great journey begins i guess yes. isn't also just to go back isn't is it grave mind i think or, or uprising one of them you get the flood on your side again don't you you have the flood as your allies and then just before the ending ending of the level it turns and then you have to three. That that's three? in three that's in, in the covenant mission in, in three yeah they blend, like I said, they blend together. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the great journey. Uh, just forget everything I just said. Um, yeah, and again, like I was saying before, we you know we caught up. It's a good level, and you know it's a decent level, but obviously it picks up because you know you have to do that final boss level on the uh, control room. It's, it's you know it's like a hovering platform, so if you jump off, you die. If you get hit by Tartarus's gravity hammer, you die. Um, and yeah, so that 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 whole build up and that challenge it was quite exciting which i think kind of segues nicely onto the difficulty of halo 2 and the <laughs> nightmare um you know like we said in ce you go from normal to heroic to legendary well legendary halo 2 is just it's just a completely different game like it haunted us you know trying to beat <laughs> especially on legendary we left the xbox on for about three days overnight so we could try and beat it because obviously, you know, if you turned your Xbox off, um, you'd have to start from the checkpoint. Yeah. And because we were trying to shoot him so many times, we thought, you know, we don't want to have to repeat that process. Mm. I mean, we discussed this. We, we, we also think we probably didn't fight him properly. We weren't waiting for Johnson to snipe him. Yeah. But the point is, it was so bloody difficult getting to that point that, you know, yeah it just brings back stress well, that sort of goes back to what the discussion from yesterday like we would have had a guide for halo 2 like a, a book instead of going to the internet and finding out to wait for the sniper shot to to help us out so we were sort of in the dark mm -hmm. yeah we didn't have it we didn't i think you did though didn't you Nath? uh sorry say that, say that again uh, the guide for halo 2 i did i did yeah i had the guide for halo 2 and reach so I, I, I and my mom, <laughs> that was all mentioned in, in the Reach episode because that's that's perhaps the, the Halo game I played the most. Uh, it's it's, it, it's probably not my most favorite, but it's one I play the most anyway. But yeah, I, I did have the, uh, the the guide for Halo, but I I was never like as is should be quite obvious. I was there for the narrative, right? Like I I wasn't there for the, the challenge, you know. So so I was always blown away that you guys play even bothered playing on Legendary. Like for me, it was just like. I couldn't even for begin. 
I haven't played it on Legendary or I've never played these games. To put it into context, if you play as co-op or multiplayer on Halo 2 and includes on the, you know, the anniversary, if one of you dies, you both go back to the checkpoint. So you have to play it tactically. I can't remember 100%, but I think either the checkpoints on Legendary are very scarce or you start back from the beginning, depending yeah. on how far to the level you are so again it's about patience tactics and and you know really strategic play mm-hmm. which you know, I, I did try to do a run for on legendary about two years ago on halo 2 and i think I only got to like level three and, and then that was like three or four days worth of get playing because i just I, I was trying to run and gun it and it's just not possible I, I think also one of the points is worth noting is i totally sort of overlooked that is that in halo 2 you don't actually have um health and shields you just no. have shields and like yeah i mean you have health like when your shield breaks there's like a certain threshold of damage you can take before you die but it's very slim and so yeah. especially in legendary like if your shields go down you're done but one of the the, the 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 good points is is that your shields do actually regenerate i think faster in halo 2 like they in halo 1 you know, on halo c i'd forgotten you need at least a good 10 10 seconds almost of, of not getting hit for your shields to recharge yeah, that's about right. I think also something I've just remembered. I don't know. I don't think it was in the original two, but obviously in the remastered, you have the terminals, and that's something that they brought from Halo Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it from the schools? But uh, again, you know, to extend your play on the remaster of Halo Two, you have to look for the schools and the terminals, which again is quite fun, and they give you, you know, some lore and some like Easter eggs for you know the true fans who want to sit and read about them. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's funny because I, I loved uh, the the terminals in Halo 3 because they mentioned like mendicant bias and stuff like that, which is from the, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go from, from the books and stuff. Basically, it was one of the solutions that uh, um, the foreigners first sort of came up with. They they, they basically created uh, supercomputers, like super, no, sorry, not supercomputers, super, super AI. So they effectively left their fleet and everything in control of, 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 I can't, there's there's two of them. There's mendicant bias and there's offensive bias. I, I believe if I'm correct. And effectively, offensive bias was the first one, I think. And effectively, went to the flood <laughs> and got controlled by the flood, so that the entire forerunner fleet just effectively just got converted, and uh, their whole oh, military t- turned to to the side of the flood. And so they created mendicant bias as a sort of backup, which you you do find mention of within the, the, the terminals in Halo Three, especially on the Ark and that sort of thing. But um, I, again. Awesome. You know, there's this, it's a, these small things, right? They're like, because I, I literally, if you if you if you read the Halo Three terminal, nothing in the game would have ever mentioned uh, mendicant bias. You'd have no reason to know the context of that. You'd have no reason. It's not explained to you. It's just there to sort of flesh out the world. You know, like it's it isn't, there's not much context behind it. But it's like interesting things like that that lead you to, to be like well what is mendicant bias what do you mean and that, that at least that's my mindset when when uh, i encountered those sort of things in the game that i wanted to to figure out the world and, and understand what all this sort of thing meant and uh yeah yeah I, I don't i haven't engaged i think I, when ben and i when you and i were playing i think we used one of one of the terminals i think in, in the halo 2 anniversary edition i think that was the updated new terminals Okay, yeah. I mean, I've, I I find one I, on my last run through of Halo 2, you know, getting some footage for the YouTube version, I uh, I find a terminal on uh, New Mombasa. Okay. Uh, and I just, just access it just, you know, so people can see what they're looking for. But yeah, they're fun to find. Mm. And again, it just adds a bit extra flavor to the game, you know, yeah. something extra to do. 
Um, anything else really you want to talk about with Halo 2? Uh, I mean, we've, we've said that the introduction of the brutes, but even down to like this jackal snipers. And oh, the drones. Jesus. On <laughs> legendary. The, the jackal rifle. snipers on legendary on new Mombasa are a bang. It's a literally one shot, one kill. Mm. And again, I think the checkpoints are really crappy. So if you get done by them, you you know you suffer for it. Oh, yeah, God, I hate that. Yeah, that again, that brings back nightmares. The, honestly, I, I, for me, when I think about jackal snipers, and they're they're one of the I think in the wider Halo community, they're one of the most hated uh, um, features, well, enemies in the game. I think at least is. I, I remember when I was replaying through Halo 3, as we'll get into, in, in one of the first missions uh, when you're in the jungle, I was playing on Heroic, yeah. and it, I'd, yeah. I'd pop my head out and immediately just get one-tapped. It was a nightmare. Right. Honestly, Jackal Snipers, worst thing they had added to the game. Just yeah. pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is interesting, though, that, that um, I did notice the way Jackals look in Halo CE is very different to the way they look in Halo 2. So they're a bit yeah. more... Um, a bit more alien-like in Halo C, they're a bit more like wide and they Feral? have... Yeah, the one yeah they, look, they look far more bird-like. They're thinner, they're, they're like sinewy and they're like little like hunching things and, and, and they're less, they're less, I guess, alien-like, more, more like a, a skinned turkey almost. Yeah. <laughs> There's a plucked yeah, turkey. They, they made the designs look so good. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, the jackals, they, they sucked. I think that is the consensus of that conversation really and um, <laughs> yeah i think that's that's kind of covers you know we could go on for hours about halo 2 but you know i think that wraps it up quite nicely and um, kind of you know moving on onto halo 3 really um oh well i sorry i think it, it, we mentioned in the last halo c episode about the cliffhanger ending and you mentioned how frustrated it got you but it i mean should, should we explain <laughs> cliffhanger ending yeah uh, well, I mean, basically, it's only a cliffhanger for sort of Master Chief's story because, as we mentioned, he gets tele- teleported onto High Charity, literally the uh, this enormous, uh, like, b- bigger than a space station, sort of like a, a, a moving planet almost, which houses, like, I think, like, 80% of the Covenant uh, is just on this High Charity. Very, very cool design, sort of massive jellyfish-looking um, spaceship, basically. And he he fights his way through through high charity while the uh, arbiter is trying to is on Delta Halo trying to stop Tartarus using the index to activate the Halo array, um, well Delta Halo. And um, so they are, while the arbiter is stopping Tartarus, Chief is effectively uh, chasing the providence of truth, I believe, um, yeah. as uh, Mercy dies to the flood. I think if I'm correct. Yeah. And you see, I mean, you see regret. Yep. And then uh, you of course beat regret to death in his little flying chair in, in the mission, the mission regret, which is a, a great moment in the game. But um, yeah. And so Halo, Halo 2 ends with Master Chief uh, sort of going along this, this, this uh, like accelerant tunnel is the best way of putting it. So and Cortana's like, what are you, what are you doing chief? And he, well, he separates himself from uh, Cortana, which is a significant point uh, for the, for the plot of Halo 3 is that he puts Cortana um very similar to, to, to as he does in Halo, Halo CE, is that the, the pillar, the forward unto dawn crashes into um, high charity. Oh, no, no, I, I believe it's um, like a flood piloted UNS Shisha. I think it is the, the forward unto dawn, basically crashes into high charity, and that's how the flood infection spreads. But uh, 
a Cortana has to effectively stay behind to make that uh, the, the the reactors of that that ship go go you know critical again to to, to detonate high charity. And uh, during this time, uh, you know, Chief is tearing his way through through high charity with uh, blow them away by uh, breaking Benjamin blaring in the background. Uh, he 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 basically leaves Cortana in high charity while launching himself at this forerunner ship, which sort of is this really cool design of sort of like a, a three pointed sort of triangle design on the inside of high charity and so the, the, the high charity sort of opens up as the prophet of truth takes this four on a ship and uh, departs for earth and so the chief just about like lands on the side and you know of course there's the iconic line what are you doing chief finishing the fight and uh yeah that's how that's how halo 2 ended and, and as you mentioned it it, it didn't left it's very divisive it left some fans you know really furious and oh, like myself i just thought that's such a badass ending yeah, um, I enjoyed it, but like I said, the thing was just at the time, I, you know, I was in, I was in the, like a steam with it. I was running mm. with it. I was, oh, and then it just felt like it kind of just got cut. I mean, obviously, yeah. like we said in the one, you know, it was budget, well, not budget constraints. Sorry, it was a, you know, the time limit that was put on Bungie. You know, the mm. production of it, they weren't ready, and um, Xbox and Microsoft and you know other buyers were were pushing them to make the november release so they decided to go okay we'll we'll leave it open-ended so we can make time but jesus did those three years to halo 3 feel long for me i remember i mean you know segues nicely into halo 3 but the the wait for halo 3 for me was excruciating i mean obviously the 360 came out yeah in 2005 and a lot of people Mm -hmm. thought i'll launch game Mm -hmm. as xbox and obviously it wasn't um and then there was you know Rumors of a twenty two thousand six release, and I even remember going went to a game shop back then and was like, "Any news on Halo Three?" And they were like, "We've got nothing at the moment. You know, we'll, we'll let people know when we've got an idea." Yeah. Um, and obviously, two thousand and seven, it finally came round. And obviously, a lot of the cam- um the campaigners in marketing behind Halo Three was the whole finishing the fight. Um, oh, Jesus, it was exciting! Like finally, after three years. You know, especially because I was getting into an age, you know, where the game I, I carried on playing mm-hmm. after my dad stopped. Um, you know, I play it back loads of times. I, I, I was, I was just excited for this for myself more than anything. And it was again, the 360 was very much my own console. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was going to get this game myself. So yeah, I was so excited. Yeah, the trailer for three, for what I remember, was pretty damn awesome. The one where he's got the bubble shield. Yeah. No idea what's going on. With the bubble shield and that, and all these new features that I couldn't wait for. It's, it's such an iconic that that pose he takes. He sort of like crouches when he throws the bubble shield yeah. down, and the, the race shot hits it. I I mean, it was I was so hyped for Halo Three, so hyped. Like it was it was ninety percent of the reason why I ended up getting an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. I, I remember going into the the uh, for, for for any Australian viewers, if there are any. And going into EB Games in uh, the center of downtown Perth, and with my mom one, one Christmas, and going in and uh, getting the Xbox 360 Elite, so the first Elite, which I still have, so like that's the black version of the console. I think it had like 120 gigabytes hard drive compared to the base 60, I think. So it was supposed to be, you know, there, there are so many variants of the Xbox 360. There's like the Xbox 360 Arcade, uh, the Elite. There was um, there was another one, wasn't there? There was the uh, the Pro, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. there's an S as well. And uh, yeah, yeah. So there, there was so many variants of it because it was, it was quite a long console generation. That, but 
no i i and hey playing halo 3 i mean i i i, I played it through with you, with you ben quite quite a few times and uh the campaign is extraordinary it, it, yes. someone as someone who as is quite it should be quite clear by now i'm heavily invested in the wider halo universe so for me halo 3 is this absolute smorgasbord of just juicy lore to, to dig, dig into and, and really it really develops the world the, the halo universe in such a fantastic way and uh you know it's it, it 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 was perhaps the most important game release for the xbox 360 aside from maybe gears of war in terms of its yeah. uh of its impact most definitely i mean uh, you said that the, the way it was excruciating aiden how, how did you actually find it once you got your hands on halo 3 so like i said i played one and two with my dad um he mm -hmm. kind of in i think probably about the time world of warcraft he fell into world of warcraft so he wasn't too bothered so you know it was first time i took reins and played the campaign by myself as player one um and taking the journey on my own but I, you know like i said i got it the day it came out um my dad went and got it for me from game because mm -hmm. um, he was near a game shop and got it straight on my 360 and i was just away and again it's amazing a lot of games you know you can overhype it and it can lead mm -hmm. to disappointment this game just obviously because you were left on a cliffhanger, you had no idea where this was going to go, no idea where the story was going to take you, or mm -hmm. all you had was you were going to finish the fight, so you yeah. knew there was going to be something. But, you know, there was because, again, I was in high school when 3 came out. People, you know, were, were obviously behind Halo at this point, and, you know, there's, like, theories of would Chief die? How would they, you know, how would it go from here and stuff? Yeah. So, you know, it was one of them games that it, it managed to outbeat out the hype because yeah. there was so hype behind it i mean this brought most of with gears of war but halo 3 and gears of war were basically the two staple games until modern warfare yeah um yeah brought a lot of my high school friends together you know mm. on obviously online xbox live was more accessible by now you either yeah. had like the uh wi-fi dongles you could put in or you know i you probably remember in that one of our houses we had a huge ethernet cable that went like all around the room into a different room just to plug into the lan yeah um to play the multiplayer as well but yeah the, the campaign was incredible and it's a very satisfying ending as well what about you ben yeah i mean um i really enjoyed having sort of like a final boss in two um mm. As opposed to the, the the one sort of um, speed reload, the more countdown clock sort of uh, escape. Yeah, but I, I if if sort of felt nostalgic a little bit playing the the end of three first time because I back back to the back to the countdown clock, mm -hmm. and I think all the levels just improve upon what Halo um, Cn two did right. Yeah, the atmospheres felt crisper the uh, variation in the level designs were a bit more polarized like you had like a jungle-esque um first mission then you're mm -hmm. in a, a, a like a barracks sort of station yeah um and i think yeah i think they just improved upon like i said earlier two and uh, one felt just like they were sorting out all the kinks for three no, I I think I think three probably feels like the most cinematic experience. Is that there's is clearly they're going for like, you know, this is this is going to be the epic conclusion. 
Halo 2 is the more rock and roll, sort of like bit big and bash with uh, Halo 1 being the more subtle approach, I think. But Halo 3 was, they went full on with, with the epic theme and uh, there's some fantastic highlights for me from this from this game. Like uh, I, I played a, a lot of, I probably played Halo 3 almost, I think almost the least out of the, the Halos, but that's because every time I'd, I'd play Halo 3, I'd pretty much just sit down and play through the entire campaign or I was playing the multiplayer. But um, the campaign is, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go into another narrative spiel for you guys, as I'm sure you, you love sitting there and hearing it all. But uh, effectively, Halo, Halo 3 opens um, with, uh, so right, pretty much immediately, I think, uh, well, almost immediately after the ending of uh, Halo 2. And so um, the Prophet of Truth has, of course, taken this, this foreigner ship to Earth in pursuit of um, the Ark, effectively. And uh, so Chief sort of somehow, somehow survives it. But you, you see these two UNSC spotters and, and uh, uh, there's also a really, really cool, um, oh, sorry, I'm getting, basically you see these two spotters and you, you, saw that you see this like camera sort of tracking this piece of debris as it s- slips off from the rest of this ship. And uh, Chief basically falls, makes planet fall just in his armor and lands in the ground and survives, which is so cool but so a little bit dumb at the same time but um i mean in 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 the run-up for the the release of uh halo 3 i'm pretty sure they, they I, I don't know if you guys ever watched it I, I i watched it so many times they had like a sort of like a live action piece yeah where yeah. It, it sort of shows these unsc marines fighting because uh, this is back in 2007 so like the cgi looked really good then um you have these um like these marines it sort of shows like w- how the covenant invasion of earth that's going on how that's progressing while the chief is sort of falling out of the sky <laughs> uh because at the end sorry at the end you see like a camera tracking this falling piece of debris which turns out to be chief but it shows uh it's a really really cool thing like it shows this whole assembly line i'm pretty sure they built an actual working war warthog for it they did, yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah and i uh, i mean the, the warthog is such an iconic vehicle as we've talked about like just the way you drive it is it has such ridiculous like drifting potential it's it's so such a mess but it's also really enjoyable at the same time and halo 3 probably had the, the tightest uh warthog driving in the game and they also had a far wider selection of vehicles um but yeah and, and and going back to that sort of live action thing is that they they really leaned into this this heavily marketing halo 3 as this this definitive sort of ending like you said finishing the fight like they had they poured so much money into the marketing that that you know, you you think that they're especially in a game like nowadays, like you think of like Cyberpunk 2077, sorry, where you have all that hype around it, and the the finished product just annihilates all that hype. This this was a much earlier gaming industry where like the hype, generally speaking, games tended to live up to it. And Halo Three is just the the pinnacle of the trilogy, and and it it so beautifully ties everything up, and uh, it's just a fantastic experience. Yeah, it really is. Um, go on for hours again about how good it is. Um, again, just the new introductions and keeping some of the things the same, but improving on them. Mm-hmm. Just so, so much fun. I mean, we forgot to mention in Halo 2, but obviously you get the Gauss Warthog in, in Halo 2. Yes, and again, you do. You get some time with that on Halo 3. And again, that's an extraordinary vehicle to play. I, mm-hmm. I really favorite Warthog incarnation. Um, yeah, I mean the highlights we could talk about, you know, just just to get a few on, uh, get the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, we got to talk about the tank beats hunter, yeah. tank beats. 
these everything again achievement um, but again it's just small things like that you know the callbacks to earlier games is so good I, yeah thinking about it and talking about it now i'd say three is probably my favorite yeah yeah i mean it, the, the, close to OCE, but three takes it what, what about what about you ben personally it goes three two one yeah uh, favorite trilogy um and i think i definitely got uh swept up in sort of the hype um closer <laughs> to the eight day um didn't quite feel as long for me um but yeah when it came out lived up to everything i wanted it to be mm. um like i said just improving upon the levels um I loved the, a lot of the vehicle introductions, like the chopper, um, yeah. the mongoose, the hornet. Um, yeah, I think just the balance between sort of um, vehicle-driven levels and um, sort of just straightforward running through a base missions really mm. well balanced. Definitely gave a different scope to the to the maps when you can sort of traverse them quite easily and vehicles. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think um, what was what's, what's the equipment? I think that is probably one of my favourite. Uh, like the bubble shields and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was perfect. I think it was something unique, mm-hmm. um, too forced. It was always sort of around. Yeah. Um, have to rely on it too much, but it was always just that little edge, um, and I really liked that. I mean, just just to elaborate, though, so what Ben's talking about there is, as we mentioned in in like the first trailer, you see the chief sort of do this awesome pose, and he chucks down the shield, and this, as it's called, the bubble shield appears around him, and it, it tanks a race shot. That that has a feature within the game where you find these sort of uh, almost like like weapon pickups, but they're like power ups. So there's there's a bunch of different ones. There's like a healing aura which regenerates your shield. There's an opposite of that which drains the shield of enemies, like a repulsor thing. There's a grav lift. Uh, there's a drop shield, so like it drops the shield in front of you. It was, of course, the landmine. the landmine, yeah, and then there's the bubble shield, and I, th- I think, I think that's it. I know, I've mentioned the ground lift. There's a, the auto turret. That- oh yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. This drops a little like forerunner, like um, sentinel thing. Sentinels, yeah. yeah. So that, that yeah. was a, it added more depth to the gameplay, and definitely in the multiplayer, that added like they because in, in Halo multiplayer was the maps. I mean, there are some absolutely iconic maps like Zanzibar. Um, one with the elephant in it in Halo Three, I can't remember what it's called. It's like the 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 the, the sand one, which because I yeah sand dune or something. I can't remember. I, I really should know all this, but I, I, I it is worth noting as well. I'm pretty sure it's Halo Three that had the first inclusion of the forge, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So so just as a side note, is that the forge features now like, especially with Reach, it was huge, like ninety good like. I say like seventy percent of my gameplay on on the original reaching in Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty was was on custom maps made by individuals with custom game modes, where they they, they with the forge, which lets you you know take a base map um, and then you can insert sort of like pieces of geometry and stuff like that, and you can put power ups here, you can put power ups there, you can put weapons here, you can put weapons there, and you can it, it led to the, the snowballing of this this immense amount of creativity, which is you know so good, so good. The best one best one to remember is basically warhog bowling where they oh. made a map it's like constant it's a constant ramp speed down yeah, yeah. and you basically just you, you spawn in a warhog and you all just basically right. you can you can just you can only just move it from side to side like you can't move the actual you can't move the direction you're going you can just yeah. pivot the hog 
and you just smash into people. Well, this is so good. This is where you mentioned um, last episode about Rooster Teeth. This is where a lot of their we need sort of development came mm. through. Yeah, yeah. Have, like, one of the iconic uh, main characters, Griff, um, on the red team, uh, Jeff Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Griff Ball, which is like yeah, you take the ball, you bite the skull um, for catch the uh, king of the hill, was it? And then you throw it through uh, yeah. a goal, basically. Like, it's, uh, really it's, the, it's the skull from Oddball is, is the game. Yeah, that's, that's it. So yeah, it's just like really shit handball. Um, but it was great. And like there's like Speed Halo, a lot of people making like um, pig and horse maps. I don't know if you ever played horse. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it, Forge definitely added a, a different layer to the multiplayer experience. I mean, for Rooster Teeth, for me, you know, obviously multiplayer was becoming a very huge thing by Gears of War and Halo 3. And obviously yeah. another thing that helped Rooster Teeth, well, it's what brought me in was the fails of the week. <laughs> the Halo fails are absolutely incredible. You know, I could go back and watch them. And they, yeah. they carried them on through Reach 4 and maybe 5, but um, 3 was some of the best ones. You know, like if it was like when the glitches that went wrong or, you know, just how someone died or if someone, you know, did like, loads of headshots but then got run over by a banshee it was just it was, it was all yeah. very comedic stuff but again it was it was just part of the halo culture and obviously rooster teeth you know are very much part of that now but yeah like the fails of the week i mean i think i submitted one once because like, some of the ways you die and stuff you just kind of like like what the fuck <laughs> i mean it's it's funny I, I don't know if you guys remember this one but but for me perhaps most like because i i didn't watch rooster teeth like I used to watch Red versus Blue. Like, I, 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 do you, I don't know if you remember Ben, but they had that one episode where Tex shows up. God, and, yeah. And and it's 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 far more like it's clearly used like out outside of the game, like three D animation for it. But it's this incredible yeah, f- fight scene of, of both. Oh of, yeah, I know, I know. It, the, it is. I mean, that that generation of Red versus Blue was next level some yeah. of the some of the things in it were just incredible um but yeah that one in particular is just iconic amongst the fandom i, I mean and every fan knows that we've we've watched that a lot like i still i you could still watch it now like it i think it still Asian. looks it still it looks fantastic i mean it doesn't doesn't griff get hit like in the in the groin with a rocket at one point if i remember correctly yeah yeah there's, there's quite there's quite a few um sort of iconic moments like the, the black stuff all over um uh what's his name simmons yeah uh, and they just start beating the shit out of him <laughs> they start like kicking on the floor yeah, yeah it's just great I, I love the bit where like she throws them through like um the portals and they she starts like kicking them through the uh, that's anyway that's worth watching I, I mean i don't know if it, um i can't remember what episode it was but i don't know if you guys remember this and this is probably quite specific but do you remember rb and chief Yes. Yes. So it's, yeah. I've made, made by John CJG, I think his name, his YouTube name was. I watched all of them religiously. I feel like, it, so it's, it's basically, I, I don't think he started making them when Halo 3 came out or when Halo 2 came out. So this is old school mm-hmm. YouTube content, like pretty old school. Like, I don't know if he still does make them, but basically all the episodes were, was... This guy, he had he had a, a, a Master Chief figure, and then he also had an Arbiter figure. Who, an Arbiter comes in later on, but it's basically that they're just these toys. And he puts, um, I think it's Microsoft Sam, the voice he uses for, for Chief. And then it's it's, it's like a, just one of those uh, old school, you know, uh, voice uh, text to voice programs, basically. Yeah. 
And so you just have Master Chief speakers, this obnoxious, like Xbox 360 gamer, like you just sit with Cheeto dust on his hands and, and play Halo 3 multiplayer all day. And uh, he'd just be really disrespectful and all this sort of thing. And then the Arbiter would be his his sort of like straight man roommate and be like, dude, let me play the game. And and, and I don't know, it, it was, it was, it's such a such an iconic part of my childhood in terms of particularly what I watched on YouTube in my viewership. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's, as you mentioned, like Rooster Teeth and stuff like that, like Halo 3 provided such a, such a foundation. Yeah, I, literally, I think it gave birth to so many things. I mean, unfortunately, although it gave back, by birth to teabagging. <laughs> <laughs> and long jokes and death threats on Xbox, but, yeah. you know, that the good and the bad come to hand in hand. But yeah, like Halo 3 was such an influential game. I think, you know, I imagine a world and like both YouTube, both live both in general just imagine a world where halo 3 didn't happen or, or didn't yeah. succeed as it did i don't know where the internet and our generation could be um and you know what i'm, I'm glad it, it, we, we did get it because i've got some of the fondest memories of halo 3 on live like like i said we will go back to the campaign but multiplayer became a very accessible mm. popular vessel by the time the 360 and Halo 3, you know, were kind of in its prime. Yeah, definitely. And hours on hours of just playing with, you know, friends online, playing with random strangers and just ending up teaming up with them because you've got a good squad going. Yeah. Um, different types of games. Again, they were endless. You know, it, you know, it wasn't just a um, Slayer anymore. It was, you know, Rocket Slayer. You had Oddball, Griffball. You had a Infection, which was one of my favorites. Oh, love Shock. Infection. So yeah, fantastic. Um, the multiplayer was again. I don't think bar the Master Chief Collection, where obviously it kind of brought everyone back. Mm. Um, I mean, you, you know, I, I played the Reach. Actually, I played the Reach multiplayer as well, but I dipped off on four. I didn't really. Four was good. I didn't do much on five, mm. but when the collection came out, everyone was back on the two maps, the three maps, the Reach maps, and and it just. Again, it was that almost sense of nostalgia and community came flying back to me, which was so nice. Yeah, I have, I have vague memories of occasionally probably taking it over for you, but threes mm. multiplayer probably wasn't as big for me. As, as I mean, I've got heavily into Reach and Four, but, um, mm. but three, I, I do have little memories of it, and from what I remember, it was it was great. It was like as well with the multiplayer, obviously, like the reward systems and customizing your characters, and everyone wanted the uh, either the flaming skull. Uh, helmet or you wanted the samurai sword armor yeah hayabusa armor which hayabusa, I, yeah. I believe was limited uh to hit to bungee employees on release if you remember okay. I, I think it was it was it was it was because uh, my, my my knowledge of this is based upon an rv and chief episode but <laughs> is that I'm, I'm fairly certain it, it was it was just for, for blizzard employees and that's how you'd identify them in game because they got this like I have a, a you know action figure of the Hayabusa. Fortunately, not with me, but it's a red Hayabusa armor I have, and it still looks so awesome. I I I mean, looking at the stuff you get, the armor you're getting in Halo Infinite, I don't think it's anywhere like they have a distinctive samurai set. You know, they're using a lot of promotional material for the multiplayer for Halo Infinite, but it's still not as cool as the Hayabusa armor because I, I believe it's based upon like the Ninja Gaiden kind of look. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the multi, yeah, the multiplayer is just something else. It, you've got again, you know, that's where I think fans especially became either multiplayer gamers or mm -hmm. story based players. That was one of the few games where I I juggled both with probably Gears of War and Modern Warfare too. They were the the only games where I would want to be invested in both. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, Halo Three was the one that just I was the king. That was that was the champ of online for the Xbox Three Sixty. No, honestly, the open mic lobbies of uh, Halo Three is because, of course, everyone, <laughs> even even at this stage in Xbox Live, everyone was still using the sort of like at least I know I used even Reach like the the default like Xbox headset you get the, yeah. sort of like plugged into the bottom yeah. of the controller. It sounded terrible. Like everything you'd say would be like muffled. And it'd be like, it, it, it always, you always sounded really far away, but um, it, it, it's such an iconic sound. And like, it's, it, it, I, I, you know, I think most people, when they think of, of like game lobbies and, and open mic lobbies, they think of Modern Warfare 2's it, it, iconically toxic uh, <laughs> game lobbies where, where every, every, every poor. <laughs> been uh, fornicated by someone. Yes. Yes. Everyone, everyone's poor mother was subjected to, to the worst of, of humanity really but um and also every every curse word under the sun was was used as as as, <laughs> as frequently as possible but uh that that goal a lot of people do consider that the sort of golden age of xbox live and uh you know like modern modern online i guess interaction is is so moderated in comparison that that's like that was like the wild west that like there wasn't any content words banned words it was just literally you got what you got but it never felt actually harmful mm. like i think progress like people are shitty people and it is toxic but mm-hmm. it was always pure jest like yeah. the teabag the mom jokes and stuff <laughs> i think it was never vicious it just became a part of the culture that you almost felt like if you lost you had to say it yeah but i feel also if you think about online gaming then i think it was a younger it was sort of us mm. who, who were the, the core base so you mm. people in like school yeah so the immaturity is obviously going to be there <laughs> um whereas obviously now growing up yeah you do have probably like 30 40 year olds playing in lobbies of seven year olds on like four oh, nights, it so. is the worst <laughs> yeah I, I i think i think that raises a bigger question about like the efficacy of like online interactions of the sort but i mean honestly i mean if you want to sort of bring it back to to, to the campaign a bit i i uh you know as we mentioned aside from the, the amazing multiplayer this you know as you said the game offers a fan, well, probably the best campaign experience out of the, the the three that we've mentioned so far in terms yeah. of you know the breadth of the story and all that because you know I, I just think that there's there's such an iconic bit of this one of the first missions so after the after the unsc find chief and he's literally just this this broken body just like crashed in into the earth it's just there's this great shot of sergeant johnson stood next to the the arbiter and it's such yeah. a it's such a weird like even after playing Halo Two, it's such a weird dichotomy that you have just this alien just just chilling with 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 a Johnson, and uh, they have great banter between the two of them actually. Um, yeah. Th- throughout Halo Halo Three, and um, yeah, and 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 I guess you know as we sort of mentioned, the game starts with you in a jungle. Effectively, you've you've just crash landed on Earth, and you're getting straight into the fight. I mean that that the mission, as I mentioned, was very very hard on when I played it on heroic like. The jackal snipers are pretty much invisible in the jungle. Like there's this whole long section where you're moving through this canyon, and you just get one tapped by them. They're, they're a nightmare. This is why I, I do enjoy going from normal to heroic to legendary because you can feel out all the little, you know, where mm. the snipers. It's 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 all predictable. I mean, the the, the footage for the YouTube videos um, is courtesy of me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. I moved away from Xbox, uh, went to PS4, so I've first time playing Halo Three in quite a while. Uh, just on normal, but I had so much fun with it. Yeah. Um, 
you find a lot of the little things come back. Um, so you know where all the hidden weapons are, mm-hmm. all the skulls, um, which is obviously a big, big thing uh, in Halo 3, the skulls. I, I love playing uh, Grunt's birthday party. Do you want to expand on that, Ben? What, what, what the skulls are and uh, their function? Yeah, so it's like they're, they're, they're modifiers, aren't they, for um, for your gameplay? I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there is a um, achievement, um, I'm pretty sure, on all of them um, called, uh, I don't know what, I can't remember the name of the achievement, but it's, uh, it's referred to as Lasso. Yeah. Very um, yeah. all skulls on. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I watched I, I watched um, achievement play Hunter play through um, all the Halo games on it and nope. I mean you've got <laughs> is it black eye your shield doesn't um, doesn't charge back unless, unless you hit yeah unless you beat yeah. someone there um, they don't enemies don't flinch mm. um, they're stronger ammo um, drops are, low, are lowered yeah all 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 um, picked up weapons have half ammo. Um, yeah, there's there's such so many bastards of skulls. Like even like no HUD, so no um, no reticle whatsoever. Yeah. You just I don't even see your gun. You don't know what you've got in your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a challenge in itself. Um, and you have one person dies, everyone goes back to the checkpoint. Um, it just change change the scope of the game. It's, it gives it that replayability. Um, mm-hmm. You want that challenge, which I don't want nope. that smoke. <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> <laughs> if you if you are that masochistic, then you have the choice, right? And that is right about the replayability is that it would generate an, an entirely different experience, like depending on the combination of skulls you used. You know, I mean, personally, as you mentioned, I always play with Grunt Birthday Party on because it's just so satisfying. Which basically, uh, when you headshot a grunt, the their head explodes into confetti, and there's this little like yay that, that plays. <laughs> So it does damage to, to the grunts around them. Oh, does it actually deal damage? Yeah, there's a, I remember, a, uh, I don't know if it's recorded, but a, a, about four grunts were running towards me and I headshotted two of them. Yeah. Not four of them died. Oh, right, yeah. If you get too close, um, you can actually die from it, especially on Lasso if you've not got shields. Oh, right, okay, yeah, no, that does make sense. But um, it's such a satisfying skull. Yeah. With the skulls is obviously, again, with re- replayability is, you also have the scoring system and the par system, mm-hmm. uh, which you know I, I spent a lot of time trying to do um, back on the original 360 versions. I haven't yeah. intentionally to do it on the remastered uh, cheap collection, but um, so you've got the scoring system where you have to get above a certain score, which again scores boosts your score, yeah. um, and put a multiplier on. A multiplier on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, most of them are a lot between like fifteen and twenty thousand, yeah. and then you've obviously got the part time so you have to try and finish the level in a certain amount of time usually about um, 20 to 25 it's minutes. about depending on levels again 15 to 25 minutes i mean again that, that again trying to speed run things again it's about learning where certain enemies are where the weapons are how fast you can make it through certain things again it was just a completely different experience to just playing it casually yeah no i mean it, like it uh, personally i never really played with any of the negative skulls because I, I i just didn't want to make the game you know as i said I'm, I'm more of a narrative player honestly like aside from i took the uh the multiplayer very seriously in halo and i i thought i was decently good at one point but the, for the for the story i wasn't there to like i was there to enjoy it right so aside from grand birthday party <laughs> i i always play with i would have been your daddy 
which yeah. is another skull, which basically injects a lot of like comedic dialogue into it. So if you sort of don't engage in combat and sort of like hide around a corner, and you, you hear the, you know, like the wart wart sound you had in Halo Combat Evolved. There's like, it would add more voice lines for your enemies to say. And some of them would be, be, be pretty humorous. And uh, the grunts are very, very funny. But uh, oh, there's even grunts with specific names. I can't, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there are grunts mm-hmm. with whole sort of um, backstories. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's such an unnecessary touch, but it's, it's such, a, such a good one, right? Like you don't need that, that kind of development, but it's there and it's, it's enjoyable. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it's called cool. I Would Have Been Your Daddy, but a dog jumped over the fence is like, the the tag the, the, like the subtitle underneath it so it's just quite funny in and of itself i believe it's a reference to um you see that there's a mission um it's one in halo ce i think it says in like the bottom yeah. so it would have been your daddy like when you um right before you go so to the control, the control room, room right yeah the control room but um i don't know if it's actually a line from johnson as well i think at some it, point. It, is it see in reach you can have obviously custom characters yeah. He, you can use Johnson's voice, and his intro is "Son, I would have been your daddy." Ah, oh, never mind. Yeah. That, so it must have came from Johnson, but yeah, the original context is from. Uh, it's one of the chapters in in Assault and Control Room. Yeah, but um, I mean, sorry, I'll, I'll have to go on a, a bit of a, a lot of for the narrative and how it progresses. But um, yeah, so, so yeah. true. Master Chief lands back on Earth, gets reconnected with UNSC forces. They come under attack by the government. Uh, you have to defend all these have been explained you have to defend this sort of like unsc basis barracks it you know the sort of you fight your way out you fight your way back mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. and um yeah and so you eventually get airlifted out and uh i, I believe it then progresses you i can't remember the, the name of the mission but you have to highway. Sort of, highway yeah so you sort of drive a walk out, out of this base as it sort of self-destructs and you sort of have to make a bit a bit like the the, the original halo c where you have like a sort of wider open space you sort of have to make your way through it and there's there's enemy sort of uh, outposts and you sort of fight your way through these tunnels and um, eventually... A Sorry? A lot more linear than uh, than CE, definitely. Yeah, so sort you of... The, the way is made explicitly clear, right? And it, less like in, in CE where it's just an open, pretty identical looking space where you could go really either way. In Halo 3, it's like the, the road clearly sort of leads that way, much more like Halo 2 in that regard. But um, yeah, and you basically end up fighting two scarabs at one point, and uh, oh, you, you, you fight two scarabs. I, I think it's, is it just the one or is it two? And it's, just, it's just is it? I think it's two in the Covenant mission, but is it two in in, in the Highway mission? No, it's one the first time. Yeah. yeah, it's one after you took out all the anti-air raids. Yeah, which is which is sort of a nice throwback to um, uh, Halo Two because you sort of like go up a crane and then sort of run across and jump on top of right. it. Uh, but the, the scarabs have been, had a bit of a redesign. They're just as they're just as huge as in Halo Two, but they they they're like purple and they have like an anti aircraft cannon on the top. As you can probably see from, as well. Yeah, they're they're a bit they're a bit more straightforward because they're a bit more of a standard enemy. But it, I think it is worth noting as well that in this game, uh, you're literally almost exclusively fighting um, just brutes. brutes. Yeah. yeah, and there's all different kinds. There's like it gets uh, introduced quite early on in the first mission. We have to sort of rescue Johnson is oh, uh, bitch on legendary that oh, part as well. bloody hard there's a sort of fire across this bridge and this jackal sniper's the worst but um there's a brute chieftain who has he's really cool heads headdress but he has the gravity hammer perhaps one of the coolest additions uh, that halo 3 brought in in the weapon department and it brought a lot of cool additions but the gravity hammer is huge yeah 
it's basically just a hammer that you sort of hold at an angle and you slam it into the ground and it creates this whole shockwave and uh, it would one shot in, in, in PvP, so in the multiplayer, it would one shot and in in the campaign you just like annihilate groups of grunts with it. It's so satisfying. But yeah, um, yeah and so, so if you go through the highway, you progress through and then effectively uh, the, the, the Prophet of Truth opens up the slip space rift and it sort of stuck, sucks in all these ships and uh, the, the foreign ship disappears and like oh wait what's going on we've got to you know there's literally just a, a portal in the middle of on planet earth as this sort of forerunner structure rises out of the ground because earth was effectively like an, an all uh, uh, sort of the humans are effectively long story i won't go that far into it but humans and forerunners are connected and um so the prophet of truth races away through this portal and you're like well that's a whole new thing but then out of nowhere a uh, high charity a slip space jumps in and of course at the end of uh hitter two High Charity is being taken over by the Flood. And so High Charity crash lands on Earth and it starts you know, unleashing a, a Flood upon the Earth. But also, if you remember, as I, as I mentioned, the Halo, you know, Halo 2 part is that Cortana is on High Charity. Mm. She was left on High Charity. And so Chief starts getting, you know, he basically has to, like oh. a compulsion to rescue her. And it's a pretty brutal mission. Like you have to make your way through, through this sort of um, town, fighting your way through this Flood. And eventually get to, to to high charity, and it's uh, a pretty that level is a pain. That is the one level I really struggle with. It's essentially the library for me on mm. Halo Three. Yeah, I was at the fact that Cortana pops up every five minutes to, to oh. slow your gameplay down. Yeah, one thing did get very yeah. frustrated. Yeah, and then when Cortana stops doing it, it's um, great mind. it's the great, great mind, mind. stuff. You can only walk at like a five second a step pace and i'm just like i just want to get through but this but that that, that can happen like during your like combat right as if i remember like you yeah. could just be fighting and then suddenly like if you cross the threshold of the cutscene, it just starts and so you could you could die to that i, I think that did happen to me once or twice uh back on like one of my runs and yeah mm. it's infuriating but yeah and so chief of chief of course rescues cortana but she's all sort of um i guess messed up from 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 basically fighting uh the, the the grave mind for you know who keeps trying to like pry her for her secrets and all that sort of thing so she's basically i can't remember the, the term it's like errant ai i think it, it is but uh she's sort of almost corrupted and and she's she's been in operation for, for far too long and that sort of forms the foundation the rampant, rampant oh, yeah. that's it rampant yeah, yeah. and so the, the whole unsc ai uh thing it's going to be a big part of halo it's a big part of halo 5 it, it mentioned more in halo 4, 4. And uh, Halo Infinite as well is is that you know Cortana's basically dangerous because she's she's sort of insane effectively, and her exposure to the Grave Mind for so long and High Charity is what sort of causes it. But you, you rescue Cortana and then you reach, you know, you, you get back on a ship and uh, the forward unto dawn, um, and you go through the slip space portal where you emerge at the Ark, this awesome looking like mega space station. So it's it's like. A sort of halo ring in the middle with these sort of uh massive arms that extend across it so it's literally just you know, tri triple the size of your normal halo installation it's it's such an awesome view and like immediately like as you go through like you, you have covenant allies who are these it's these interesting like a green covenant ships so that you know they're colored to be like the same green as the unsc and the shipmasters immediately like we'll distract them while uh, you, you make it to the surface and so begins but like my favorite mission of any Halo game, The Covenant. So I believe it's, it's mission nine in Halo 3, and it is my- Mission seven. Is it mission seven? 
There's only nine missions in Halo. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So mission seven is is the covenant. Yeah. And it is perfection. Just in every way to me, it is perfection. It's my favorite level. It's a tower, isn't it? Yeah. So, so basically what the the arc is is effectively the control station. It's it's outside the galaxy. So you had what the whole point was is that you had the Halo array in the Milky Way. So it ran different key points in, in the galaxy. You'd have, I think there's 12 overall Halo rings. And the, what the forums basically did is they activated the rings outside of the galaxy so that they were outside of the blast zone sort of thing. And the arc is where you can build new Halos, which is what's going on at the, 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 the effectively a new Halo is being constructed to replace the one that was destroyed in Halo Combat Evolved. So, because the one in Halo 2 doesn't get destroyed, it just gets, uh, it, it just stopped from firing. And uh, so the, 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 it's trying to, the, the arc all sort of automatically re- re- goes to repair the Halo array. And that's what Truth is trying to do. Because from the arc, you can activate all the Halo arrays at once. Rather than just trying to fire one, like they've been trying to do in Halo C and Halo, uh, Halo 2, actually they could wipe out all life in the galaxy just from the arc. So it's, the, the stakes are even greater in, in Halo 3. But um, the Covenant as a mission, I mean, did you guys like it? the covenant yeah yeah Yeah, no yeah definitely um i I love doing the tower to tower you know taking out you can take out um obviously the warships the covenant warships Mm -hmm. with your uh, not pelican with your um, hornet Mm -hmm. um yeah fantastic level it's it's definitely one of the highlights um like i said and then the fact it leads into cortana the the episode uh, the um mission where you have to go into like high chariot and stuff it kind of slowed it down a bit for me, but obviously that one's stuffed in between probably the two best levels of the of the game, the Covenant, and then mm-hmm. uh, PR, the final. Uh, sorry, Halo, the final level. Um, so yeah, a fantastic um, level level seven. Probably again, yeah, one of the best. I mean, I, I I just have I don't know. I think you probably remember that. But this is this is about two thousand eight when I was playing through it. So um, I, I was I was back in the UK then. I think brief time we were there that one time but um do you do you remember the, the scripts first album yes yes yeah, so it's recent 2008 i had um i just for me there's just a really strong connection between the covenant mission and, and the uh the script song fall for anything and i don't know why but it's just remember that, to be fair i don't know there's something just weird about that for me it's just like in my head whenever i like shoot the last time i replayed Halo 3 i just listened to that while i was playing the covenant mission it's such a weird connection but for some reason it just hits me with this ungodly wave of nostalgia but um yeah like i I think that's part of why i maybe enjoy the mission so much aside from being gameplay wise an awesome very varied mission but uh, i think it's the the first time you get to use the spartan laser as well i think it is yeah yeah you walk out yeah you dropped off yeah yeah so so, sort of a bit like uh, the silent cartographer mission you sort of get dropped on sort of a beachhead and uh you move in land from there, but you you start with a Spartan laser, and uh, the Spartan laser is awesome. It's like this one shot, one kill, uh, massive laser cannon, but it takes like time to charge up. So this sort of like arrow goes along, and then it fires. But um, it, it was I remember being terrible with it at first, like absolute garbage. Like I couldn't hit a thing with it because you know uh, the the brutes would dodge and roll and stuff like they're pretty agile opponents. But um, yeah, the, the, the Spartan laser was amazing, and you know easily one of my favorite additions uh, to the halo 3 arsenal i mean i don't know about you guys have you got a favorite weapon that they added yeah i mean i've I've, spartan laser is just a beast of a weapon um i don't think it's recorded unfortunately 
Uh, but obviously doing the player turn casual uh, on the arc, I managed to take both hunters out. They were just lined up so perfectly. Ah, oh, okay. Great thing because I had the um, invisibility, which is the, like like the bubble shield is a. Oh, I forgot about the active camo. Yes, yes, it is one of the power-ups. So just snuck around the back and managed to get both both hunters on a perfect shot. Uh, never happened again, I doubt it. But uh, <laughs> it's one of those freak moments that just, like you said, it completely you, you you can't repeat them at all. It's just pure blind yeah. luck and chance that uh, lined up. But yeah, I mean, Aiden, Aiden, do you, do you have a favorite edition? No, I mean, the Spartan Lines is obviously you kind of go to because that was the new one they brought to the game. But I must say, weapon, side weapon as such, the grenade. Um, I love the spike grenades that the brutes have. Yeah. So obviously, when you lob them, it kind of just, it's almost like a nail grenade, essentially, a nail bomb. It just shoots out a load of spikes and takes down anything that's in its vicinity. Mm-hmm. Sure. Usually the incendiary, incendiary grenade with much through it. You have it for like that. Oh yeah, you have a flamethrower actually. I oh, forgot yeah, about you do. Yeah, it's it's one shot a brute. Again, that 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 flood level, so flood flood gate is um, you know, you you you're equipped with a flamethrower and flame grenades, and damn, walking that just you walk through that very quickly if you've got the flamethrower. Yeah, because I I remember I think it was Halo Halo Three. Uh, there was a first one you could like get on turreted weapons and rip them off if you remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you go to sort of third person view, and Chief would just be like walking around like an absolute badass, just with like this. Yeah, I mean, you can rip them off in two. They added that to three. You think it's um, yeah? Just I think it's, it's three. Yeah, I think I think I know they had the the, the turrets and stuff in in two, but I don't, and they did have them in one as well. But they were slightly different. But you couldn't do anything like ripping them off. But uh, yeah. yeah, there's like missile launchers which you use in the the highway level, which is awesome to fight the the, yeah. the, the banshees. And then there's there's like a plasma cannon, which is awesome. And then there's uh, the flamethrower, and there's just the, the chain gun, which was a huge thing in in uh, multiplayer as well as people running around with the uh, the chain gun and Dover shields as well. So that was br- brutal combination. But um, yeah, I I think the Covenant is a highlight. You know, with the first use of the Spartan laser, you get to fly in the Hornets, which is you know, it's a really diverse level. That you start off fighting on the ground, then you transition to to mongoose or a warthog to fight some some uh wraiths and uh I, I, the, tank. the tank as well yeah but um uh you 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 basically as we've said you you go through somewhat identical levels so like you have to go through progress through these two towers i don't think you do three because i think another force does the you third do, one yeah you do two and you yeah yeah because johnson's not many his squads mm-hmm. something yeah and Come- um, with the two scarabs as we were talking yes. about earlier mm. um I, I managed to get a clip for the youtube version and um, i managed to take down take down both quite quickly actually which was which was really good you and, don't have to leave the hornet you can fire just yeah i i know but i wanted to be a badass like that was again part of i think really in the halo 2 moment you know when i used to play through i would take the hornet but i'd jump off it and try and take it down mm. and then on my side and take the hornet back and ride to the next one but if not you'd have to obviously shoot the legs down or try and just shoot the back of it mm-hmm. yeah i think uh, scarabs became comparable to um what are they called from gears of war the spiders um corpses corpses yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. where at first they're like this big intimidating enemy and then later on in the games they become more frequent but easier yeah. to deal with absolutely they become more com- commonplace a sort of enemy type and you are right about the scarabs but they're still awesome though like the scale of them they are huge and uh 
they are very 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 awesome in their design as well and they are still dangerous like you know because in, in halo 3 they have the halo, uh, the anti-aircraft cannon as well mm. so when you're even when you're in a hornet you're not really safe for them but um no. yeah the, the covenant mission is is, is fantastic because you sort of work your way up, up these towers and then you have to do that final uh final run to uh to the prophet of truth before before he activates uh if he uses miranda as a uh precursor oh no it's not precursor um like effectively humans are seen by the uh by the monitors as as basically approved descendants of the forerunners so the the, the covenant as in halo 2 they were when it's johnson who's being used by tartarus uh it's miranda uh in halo um halo 3 uh she's been well no no, no it is johnson isn't it in halo, halo 3 miranda then bursts in i think no 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 johnson bursts Mm. Johnson, I think it's Johnson in the third one. Yeah, yeah, but she turns up with a uh, pelican. Yes, she does. Firing at um, the the the, the absent brute and um, truth. Yeah, uh, and then it cuts away, and then it cuts back to you know her on the floor, um, and then Johnson mm-hmm. takes her out. Yeah, no, I I I I I, I think it's it, well. My whole point is basically like. The, the humans need, uh, not the humans, the, the Covenant require humans to interact with foreign technology. So like activating the index for Halo 2 and activating the Ark and subsequently the Halo array requires a human. And so Truth, you know, has a hostage there. But um, yeah, the, 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 you, you effectively, as you, um, Aiden mentioned, I think in the Halo 2 episode, well, earlier on, sorry, in the Halo 2 part of this episode, is he mentioned about the Flood becoming your ally? And uh, you, you sort of go through this, really really cool corridor where um you have i i, I there's a small thing that I, I only noticed recently but you have um it, it's like in the run-up to this final control platform it's just a straight line with these sort of like forerunner um you know uh like additions along this this sort of uh long bridge and so you're sort of progressing killing all these brutes going through but if you look that there's these rings of light that appear so there's all subsequent intervals and they actually represent each of the halo rings so and you'll notice one of them is is like is is is, i either believe the light's either off or it's damaged to represent the one from halo halo one that's um being replaced you have to jump through each one of them to get there and i think go the way back to unlock the skull for that level oh really okay well there you go the the, um is is, i mean halo 3 had a lot more of those uh sort of with, with the whole skull mm-hmm. system, they, it added a lot of more of those sort of little Easter eggs and tidbits and that kind of thing. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, you 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 eventually um, kill well the arbiter uh, as in a very symbolic gesture, sort of representing the freedom of the covenant from from the lives of the prophets. Is he uh, impales the prophet of truth uh, with his energy sword and um, leaves him to die to the flood? So that's that's effectively the end of um, Halo Three, but. Of course, there is still a final mission, and uh, I don't. How do you guys feel about the way Halo Three sort of did uh, the final sorry, mission? Sorry, after, after the Covenant is that's when you go and save Cortana. Oh, is it? Sorry, yeah, I must. I'm incorrect. Then I've mentioned. I know High Charity yeah. appears out of slip space, but she it, it appears on the arc, right? Like it doesn't affect yeah, Earth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So once you find Cortana and you blow up High Charity, you take the Johnson's Pelican. Yeah. To the, the final level, which is Halo, which um, again, I know I said it, uh, I said it in you know episode 
uh, the combat evolved episode, but the final level is is my favourite again. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love that final countdown, and obviously, you know, the build up uh, to get to that point. You know, you have to go through the snow and take on waves of flood. Um, you then go to deactivate um, the index, I think it is, and then mm-hmm. obviously through guilty spark is a dick, like I said, because he killed <laughs> Johnson. Rest in peace. That is a that was a that was a gut punch. I mean, you mm-hmm. knew someone was going to have to die, but yeah. Um, gets his he gets his hurrah and manages to spartan laser three four three which gives you enough time to finish him off mm-hmm. and you know as as i mentioned in, in the halo ce episode it's it's he's not necessarily a bad guy he was just following his programming he was just he's a very big picture sort of uh rationalist i think is what it would be is that the sacrifice of some is worth the the greater you know the lesser 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 death i guess is his his sort of opinion on things but um yeah no i it not a massively tough boss fight at least from what i remember of it you know it's, i wouldn't it call builds, it a boss but yeah no it builds up it's just the build up to the final again it's not a five minute counter this time it's a you've got a percentage until the um the arc blows up essentially yeah. and you know yeah, this time instead of going kind of going through a streamlined hallways full of stuff you've got to go through you know falling debris you've got the fall, uh, floor actually falling out beneath you and you yeah. have to try and again learn to avoid it and bridges falling off um, and then you have obviously that where it leads to the final part of the game is where you have to punch it and throw yourself um i think it's into the frigate yes um, it is that's where you end up uh the, the game kind of ends is the frigate gets cut in two during slip, slip, slip space and mm-hmm. um, the arbiter makes it back to earth um, and the chief is left stranded and, putting and, and that's where they end it and obviously you have that if you play it on legendary you get that little easter egg that eventually becomes halo 4 that you're traveling towards the planet but yeah honestly i would have left halo here and i'd have been happy if they'd mm-hmm. never done four I'd have been absolutely fine with it. Yeah. It was left perfectly because you knew he wasn't dead. He would just, you know, he was having a rest, a well-deserved rest for the hero, and um, that yeah, it was it was a perfect ending. They could have happily left it there, and I'd have I'd have been absolutely fine with it. Well, there's the whole big thing, especially within the law, that Spartans never die; they just go missing uh, because yeah. of the extremely sort of covert nature of, particularly Spartan two. So, like the generation of um, Spartan that, that, that the Master Chief is as there are subsequent generations and there's, there's predecessor generations as well. Like, like uh, Sergeant Johnson was a member of the Spartan one program, but um, uh, they effectively, in order to maintain good sort of uh, propaganda, almost uh, the only the office of Naval intelligence, it only ever lists, even though, you know, that we're talking like uh, Spartans that literally got obliterated by plasma or are very, very extremely dead, only get listed as MIA because uh, they don't want to take, you know, like the hit to admit that Spartans can actually die, and so that's the whole sort of sort of sort of thing uh, behind Chief is that you know, he. I don't think you could ever really have him die because you know, Spartans never die and that sort of thing. So, you know, I, I agree that they could have ended Halo there, and uh, it would have been a pretty pretty satisfactory ending. But um, I mean, there is just one highlight I do want to mention because it it, it did. It's a small thing, and it's not going to be a whole sort of tangent. But um. Is that in in I I think it's called the arc the mission the one where you're sort of you know with the tank beats hunter and all that sort of thing tank beats yeah, yeah. you know right before that before you get the tank and everything you sort of fight your way to this landing zone and then there's this awesome bit 
where you see the uh, Ford Unto Dawn, it like sweeps down from space yeah. and like enters the Ark's atmosphere. Oh. It's it's this a, a ghost shell came and hit me. Yeah, um, she killed me. So it's actually quite a treacherous bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it's an awesome, awesome bit. But you, you watch it as it sort of quickly, very quickly gets close and then slowly, like immediately decelerates, and then it's like the whole model of the ship becomes a thing and like it moves above you and it's so big and it's it's just a really awesome like it gives you a sense of the scale of the world and I, it's a small thing but something that really really stuck out to me and i i still enjoy that bit you know watching it as it swoops in and then slowly slows down but um you know as i said i'm a big fan of the ship design in halo and uh, the ship design in general so across science fiction so you know it, it's, it's nice to, to see it all in close proximity really but yeah, I mean that that final run uh, in in this final mission is super iconic. You know, you have one final effort playing from the uh, the soundtrack. You just the core Halo experience there is driving a warthog. You're on, against the, the the clock, and you know the world's ending around you. It's just ah, oh, it's so potent. It's such a such a wonderful experience. That level is absolutely named Halo because yeah. you get to run and gun, take on the enemies, and then you have your you know what everyone clearly loved about the more is you have that warhog experience countdown and yeah like you said it just it sums up halo in a nutshell if anyone's like what's halo i'd just tell them to watch or or play the final level on halo 3 that sums mm-hmm. it up in a nutshell perfectly for me and um, yeah is there anything else to add really i think you know halo 3 is such an impactful game to generations but especially mm-hmm. to the three yeah, something I think um, I'd like to mention. Um, I know, I know, me, me and Naf got quite quite into it at the time. Um, so mm-hmm. I do love uh, Lego and things. Oh um, yeah, the blocks. Yes, was, the Halo stuff for that was incredible. Yes, I no, think I... we had the majority of the sets. I think one of us had a scarab. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely had a tank, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, the choppers. Um, I think it was just that nice little collectability as a kid mm-hmm. uh, to see all these awesome sort of larger than life uh, structures, mm-hmm. toys uh, was was awesome. No, I, I think they were uh, they're under the. I'm fairly certain the ones um, I'm thinking of at least they're under like the Halo Wars Vega blocks. So like yeah. they're they're all you know because um, Halo Wars is a sort of the the real-time strategy spin-off, which I, I played the first one and, and really, really enjoyed. It's a bit of a simple, it's not like StarCraft, it's not that complex, but it's, it's still really fun. But um, yeah, no, uh, the, the Mega Box sets are fantastic. Like I had the equivalent of a Pelican, I had a Banshee, a Brute Chopper, I had uh, a Flamethrower unit of Marines, um, had some Spartans, and I had a, a Jackal and a Grunt, I think. I, f- I found them recently, actually, but I mean, I had tons of, Halo 3 merchandise. Like I mentioned earlier, I had a Hayabusa Spartan, I had a Master Chief, I had a Jackal, I had a Human Flood, I had a really big, um, big, big model of the the Heretic Elite from from Halo 2, the big energy sword. He's all broken and in a terrible mess now, but which is quite a shame. But you know th- that that was a really really cool piece I did have, and um, yeah, no, I, I I had a had a mongoose as well, actually. Yeah, so you know there there was some really really cool merchandise. Um, you could buy a lot of these cool figures from 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 game actually <laughs> i remember getting yeah 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 and uh oh gosh the entertainer yeah the, the, yeah I don't know, 
I don't know. Toys aren't aren't really the same anymore. I mean, that's just a whole another another side point. But anyway, yeah. Uh, kind of regret as well not getting the legend. I mean, obviously, I paid for Halo Three myself, so I couldn't get it. But I regret not getting the legendary collector's edition of Halo Three because I know mm. you've got the, you know the helmet behind you now. But yeah, that was the original. You know, the, the Halo Three legendary edition was the original. You know, Master Chief helmet from you know Halo Two and Three. Yeah, um, and you got huge book with it there's so much content and easter eggs behind it um obviously you know we've got the reach one but the, the halo 3 one was yeah regrets not getting that yeah no i mean that that was when you know buying a, a, a deluxe edition of a game got you usually really cool models and and uh you know a lot of yeah. extra content like usually you had like extra art books and stuff like that and i don't think people tend to tend to buy those much anymore i, I, I don't know i don't think it's a, much of a big oh, thing well. Yeah, Ling, last one I brought was Mortal Kombat X. Yeah. yeah I bought the God one, but that was all digital. So there was no yeah. sort of figures and things, which is a bit. Yeah, I think the last sort of games to do that was Doom Eternal. Oh, I right. think you could, you could get Doom Hunter's helmet as, as again, with the game and stuff, which was pretty awesome. Oh, I know. I think it was, it was either Fallout 76 or Fallout 4. You could get like a, a Pit Boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry. It's, it's pretty Doom. Your Android phone, which I wish I had because that's pretty fucking awesome. But, um, yeah, yeah. there's some good clubs. again. Halo was one of the first big ones to do it. Mm. Yeah, about that steel book of two is so vivid in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 that definitely. I mean, as I said, I still have it, it's in terrible condition, but I still have it. Like, that steel book's just a huge part of my child, at least. But, I mean, yeah, Halo 3. I don't, I don't, you guys have anything, anything more to add on, on, on that? just think as a trilogy the these three games were incredible mm-hmm. and there's not been many trilogies that have hit that pinnacle especially and not overshadowed its own hype yeah there's nothing to really think of there's been some great games over the years but nothing mm-hmm. that's been executed so well as a trilogy yeah. in recent um you know the closest thing I can think of roughly would be the Arkham trilogy, but Arkham Knight was, you know, that again, unfortunately crumbled under its own hype. Whereas Halo 3 just kind of went, we we hear your hype, but we, we're going to blow your expectations away, both multiplayer and campaign and the lore that came with it. Um, the, the fandom, the collectibles, you know, like the mega blocks, the, the figures in game, like this, this, this franchise was just something else. And, yeah. you know, like, said we, we, we've got reach which i'm very excited about but mm-hmm. i think reach it wasn't halo fatigue but it just they, they they missed obviously because they went to 343 studios yeah they've missed the mark mm-hmm. i don't know how you know this the recording this before infinite has been released but four and five just didn't didn't bring anything new and they didn't they didn't have that you know they didn't have that uniqueness that Halo had. So yeah. um, at least we, we got this trilogy um, and I'm glad that I was part of its initial releases from CE all the way up to three. Mm-hmm. That I got to be part of that, that fandom and hype. And, and like you said, with the multiplayer and stuff, it's just so good. Huge impact on me for gaming was Halo. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I, I think Reach and ODST added to the trilogy really well mm-hmm. uh, as, as obviously we're speaking about reach tomorrow um, in the next episode um and i think after after those five four i mean i didn't really enjoy the campaign too much but i know i got yeah. really into the um 
online multiplayer mm-hmm. uh, and I'm really heavily into it. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, wasn't too bothered by the story. Same situation with five. Mm-hmm. You know, you the story, but then I went sort of two multiplayer, but one, two, and three. So the story is so important mm-hmm. uh, that I, this the campaign is just central. Yeah, which did sort of lose, lost that along the way. No, and I mean, I absolutely echo you guys though. That, like, I didn't really engage with anything past reach I, I i played it and completed halo 4 because i like i like the whole four on a side of things but i don't think they handled it particularly you know it in terms of the law it's it's interesting and cool like seeing a shield world in action and the didact and all that sort of thing you know getting to put a name a face to the name so to speak but um necessarily in terms of gameplay i didn't like fighting like uh what are they called like the precursor enemies the 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 robots Chins. Yeah, yeah. Though I wasn't a big fan of that compared to fighting, you know, the 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 the, the covenant, the elites, and it seems to be the way that Halo Infinite's sort of bringing it back a bit to its roots. Like you're fighting, back to the roots, yeah, yeah. You're fighting brutes, jackals, grunts, elites, and uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes. But these, you know, we've talked about Halo CEs, Halo Two, and Halo Three, and uh, they're just th- you know three brilliant parts of a, a beautiful machine for me. Like I think it should be obvious that the impact of Halo on on both my my gaming and, and my interest in, in just in generally in like books and the, the things I own, the toys, all of that, it was massive part for me. Like Master Chief is, is has a very very dear place in my heart, and you know these three games are just some of my highly you know most highly rated ones you know I've ever played, and and I, I just I can't can't speak highly enough of them and, and the world that Halo inhabits. So, yeah, I, I think if you guys haven't played uh, the original Halo trilogy somehow. Uh, then I would I would say that the Master Chief Collection is probably the best way to do it. You can you can buy it on Steam, you can buy it on uh, Xbox One, Xbox One S as well, I think. And uh, I think they have it on a version on uh, 360, I think, but that's backported, so it's not really the same. You can get one, one, three, and four on 360. The only one you wouldn't be able to access is two remastered, but yeah, they yeah. might have compatibility. But yeah, yeah. And, and for that, and our next episode we'll be discussing uh, the. I guess the prequel of uh, this trilogy, which again expands upon the lore and uh, gives some context to the original events of Halo Combat Evolved, which is sorely missing. But Halo Reach, perhaps my most played, Ben's clearly most enjoyed, and uh, I think Aiden's as well. So yeah, join us for a discussion of of that, and uh, we'll join you know, join us next time.